Hey, what's going on everyone? Let's see. Alright, see a few people popped in. Good to see everyone. Jerry, what's up? Give me one sec. Let's uh Jerry, um so in order for me to add you on the live, you're gonna need to be on your phone. You can't be on your um desktop. I found out this rule like three lives ago. Uh, one of our uh, IT guys mentioned that. So, Lopez, good to see you, man. Let me know what's new in your corner in your life. Good to see everyone here. Randy, what's up? Let me know how you're doing. Let me know how the lean bulk is going. You're looking good as always. Theo, good to see you as well. Uh, give it a second, guys. We're going to have a guest uh, guest today because I like to put the spotlight on my clients. You know, that's what the fitness industry is all about. Not so much like having me in the spotlight every single day, every single live. I like to really help shine the light on a lot of my clients because you guys will also learn from their journey and I'm sure can pick up some stuff from them and stuff of that sort. So give it a sec. Okay, cool. And let's see here. Invite. Added the wrong person. Sorry, guys. Give me one sec. Give me one sec. Uh, you know, I'm not the best for all this stuff. Boom. Approve. Send invite. Cool. I think we got it. Freddie, I think I accidentally sent you an invite. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll have you on the show another day, man. Really sorry about that. <laughs> Shalil, good to see you. Uh, Theo. Okay, give it a sec, guys. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties, but no biggie. Um, let's see. Shalil, good to see you. James, good to see you as well. Let me know what's new in your guys' corner, man. I hope you guys are having a good week. I'm going to go visit my parents on Sunday, so I'm looking forward to that. I haven't seen them in a little bit. But I do try to keep in touch with them through phone calls and stuff of that sort. So I'm going to stay up, stay up at their place for two weeks and, um, and catch up with them. So... Uh, it'll be good to see my dad and my mom as well. Michael, good to see you. Thanks for being a part of the group for so long already. So I appreciate it. Good to see you as always. Give it a sec, guys. Let me see what's up here. Approve. So set a custom audience. I'm sending an invite. Invite Jerry to join the camera. Yep. All right, cool. I think we got it down this time. Perfect. Hey, what's up, Jerry? Let me know if you can hear me. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, Long time me? no see. It's been probably like, we keep in touch, of course, on, on Facebook and text back and forth, of course. But I think, honestly, it's been, I don't even know when we trained together. It's probably been like a good, um, I don't know, like five, six years at this point. I already forgot and lost track, man. Do you remember even what year we trained together? uh probably like 2013 2014. damn it's been right yeah it's been that it's long been i don't think it's it was that long, long. It, it, in yeah person, in so um jerry and i kind of uh, we tra uh, i trained him like a long time ago i even forgot the date already i forget like the dates of a lot of my clients here but i'm happy to see him and we kept in touch and i wanted to invite him on the show just to kind of have some coffee shop talk and moreover just to kind of honestly catch up with him but also talk talk to him about his journey and stuff of that sort. Um, he came in like many, many years ago. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, 
because it's been a long time, but we're, we went both, we went to both to UCI. I don't know which year, I think I graduated before you for sure. What year did you graduate again? I think, I, I think we overlap for a little bit. I was 2011. Okay. I was 2011. Yeah. I graduated in 2009. So, um, out with the old, in with the new, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yep. I, I don't, I don't ever remember seeing him, seeing him on campus, but uh, it was cool that we went to the same school and, and Jerry reached out to me like a long while back. Uh, I believe his goal back then was he had like some stubborn body fat on his lower chest and his midsection. That's very, very common. A lot of people struggle with that. Even people that work out a lot and diet a lot, they seem to kind of always struggle getting like really kind of leaning out that chest, making it look really sharp and dense and also just getting rid of that stubborn pocket of fat in the lower midsection and love handles. So I'd like to, I'd like to honestly talk to you about like a lot of stuff, including remote work, you know, corporate work, uh, because Jerry's a great example of creating like lasting change. As you guys know, I covered it in many, many lives. 80 to 90% of people that lose their weight literally end up regaining it like two to four years later, plus like an extra five or so pounds every single time. And they typically repeat the cycle over and over again. And a lot of times, honestly, it's just because they never changed the environment uh, that led to all those issues. That's one of the biggest culprits and obviously not changing the belief system that led them to find it acceptable to be in that environment. But Jerry is a great example of a really successful story in the sense that he did end up getting uh, pretty ripped and he kept off that excess body weight uh, already for, I don't know, like five, six years or so, something along that that time frame while staying busy you know he didn't take the extreme lifestyle like me of only working two days a week remote and stuff so he's a good example of like hey you know you could pursue like a corporate career be successful work up the chain and still maintain your physical and mental health and we're going to kind of dive into that so jerry where do you want to start do you want to start like way back when when you kind of gained all that weight before you even reached out for training and then we'll kind of go from there or yeah, why don't we go okay, ahead and cool. get started that way? So, yeah, go for it, man. It's your show. <laughs> uh, I mean, so, so, I, yeah, so, I, so I think I had, just, um, I had just graduated from college, and so I was new to kind of the corporate lifestyle. And so when you work in corporate lifestyle, especially at the very beginning of your career, you don't have a lot of time for yourself because you're kind of the, the little bitch, kind of, <laughs> to put it in layman's terms. So you're kind of working long hours, kind of don't have to, uh, don't have the capability to either, um, uh, schedule have kind of scheduled workouts because your hours may vary or your diet may also not be kind of on track because you're either eating fast food because it's the easiest or you're working late and you know the company brings in food which typically tends to be like pizza or something unhealthy so i think the first two years post-college were probably the most difficult because i had that transition of stressing with a new job um, the hours were inconsistent, the diet was inconsistent. So it was really kind of, when I reached out to you, it was more in regards to kind of like, how do I cope with this um, new lifestyle and implement kind of lifestyle changes that I can incorporate into my new, my new work life. I always, I always wondered with corporate, um, like why they always serve like such like shit food, you know? It's like, what's wrong with just serving like a really good tasting <laughs> steak or chicken or fish or something yeah. like that? People will still like it, but they're not going to become like obese and super lethargic after they eat your like meal all the time, you know? Yeah, and, and I think the thing that I've learned um, over the years now is that you can actually ask the whoever's ordering food to order you something healthy. Like that's what I do now. Like, you know, they always kind of like, 
give a heads up of like, hey, we're going to be ordering food or whatever it may be. Like, I always like reach out like, hey, like, can you like order? Like, I'll if they say we're going to order from XYZ, I'll either say I have dietary restrictions. So the easiest thing for me in a corporate environment when it comes to unhealthy food is just saying that I do dairy free. Because if you say dairy free, more than likely the option is going to be healthy. Because anything that has cheese from mm. some sort of takeout is going to be unhealthy. So it's going to be the pizza, blah, blah, blah. So kind of my easiest cheat way, if you don't want to seem like you're kind of being uber healthy is, hey, I'm dairy free. Can you bring in a dairy free option? And whenever you kind of ask for a dairy free option, by default, that tends to be a healthier option. So that's kind of my go to uh, request whenever I kind of have any type of like takeout food in a work environment. But otherwise, like if it's if you're if you, like for me, like I'm at the point where I don't care. So I'll tell them like, hey, can I get like this special dish, whether it be like, you know, the, the chicken dish or whatever it may be, and I'll have my own sort of meal but i just kind of have lost the embarrassment of asking because i think you kind of have to take ownership of what you put into your body and i think that's one of the things that i learned from you <clears throat> eugene is you're responsible for what you put into your body and so if you just kind of roll with whatever's given to you you're never really going to achieve your goals so for me like i'm very conscious of what i put into my body not all the time like <clears throat> i'm not extreme like you but i do try to think about what goes into my body because it also impacts my energy for my next day's workouts, um, how I feel, my emotions. There's so many factors of what you put into your body from a dietary standpoint that not just affect your 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 hunger, but all these other factors that um, that you'll feel if you kind of go off the rails. Yeah, and I always tell people like sometimes people are like, "Well, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to lose weight." I'm like, "Dude, you don't even need to work out to lose weight. You know, you just need to like eat well, and you got to eat." no matter whether you're busy or not busy, you know, so might as well make the right choices and, and uh, just do yourself a favor, you know, because becoming busy plus overweight plus not liking how you're looking or feeling is not going to make the situation any better of like what you're currently in and stuff of that sort. There's a lot that goes into it, but. For sure. I mean, I, I think that was probably the most important thing that I learned from you is like all these, there's all these like fad diets. And even like for me, like I have so many friends who, work or are part of the health industry, whether they're nutritionists or they're personal trainers. Like I have probably like 20 personal trainer friends and they're so uneducated as far as kind of food and nutrients because they just kind of read or see what's on social media. And for me, like I kind of let go of that. Like I actually still oh, use nice. your spreadsheet of, you know, the meals with the macros to kind of calculate what to meal prep out. But at the end of the day, kind of like you always say, calories in, calories out. Yes, there's other factors like micronutrients. So yes, you can eat a thousand calories of a cheeseburger and it's going to be from an energy standpoint, the same as a thousand calories of a salad, but you're not getting the micronutrients that you get from a salad. So <clears throat> from a calories in, calories out, I still kind of have that in the back of my mind, but I also kind of think of the micronutrients associated with that. So, you know, a thousand calories is something unhealthy. Yes, it's going to give you, it's, I mean, calories is just a measure of energy. So, um, thousand calories is something unhealthy is going to give you the same energy as as the um, thousand calories is something that's healthy but the healthy has the micronutrients that are going to impact those other things so like fiber for example right so fiber keeps you full longer so you won't kind of have that like itch to go munch on something a couple hours later so for me like a lot of my food is high fiber so i feel like i struggle more with having yeah. to eat enough calories because a lot of the food that I eat is very high in fiber and very high in volume, right? So, you know, a thousand calories of vegetables is like this versus a thousand calories of a mm -hmm. cheeseburger, which is this tiny. So for me, like sometimes I find myself at the end of the day and I still have like two meal preps left. I'm like, 
on the couch, like trying to like scarf it down because if I don't eat it, then the next day, uh, then I won't have the energy. So it's kind of, it, it, it's somewhat of a balance. You just kind of have to <clears throat> make it your normal and kind of enjoy it. Like for me, like I actually enjoy eating healthy. If you cook it properly, like you can, it tastes good. Like it's not like it doesn't taste good. Um, and even like now things like fast food when I do eat it it's just it's so salty to me because it's just so high in sodium compared to what I'm used to eating that like I don't even enjoy it because all I taste all is I taste salt. is like cancer you know <laughs> eat like fast food yeah. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I mean don't, don't get me wrong I, 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 I still I still I still I still um I still um let myself to eat you know things on, on a daily occasion I think that that's the other thing too is I think a lot of people fail when it comes to their dietary goals because they think about it 24 seven and food is on their mind 24 seven. So for me, the other thing that I kind of learned from you is like during the week, Monday through Friday is very easy for me because I sit on my, on my desk, you know, eight to 10, sometimes 12 hours a day. So for me, like, I'm not really tempted to like eat bad. Um, but I think if you're thinking about food all the time, then you kind of, have these like negative connotations and feelings towards food that for me like i just kind of use it now as like food is just energy like monday through friday like it's just fuel so that's such a trufkin to, athletics like, thing of you to say you know? <laughs> <laughs> you can yeah. tell he's been eugene trufkin flying you know? <laughs> if he's that's, using spreadsheets he doesn't see food he just sees say. numbers you know <laughs> it, it, it totally is too and like so for me like i know that on the weekends i'm gonna be so I'm not like you, Eugene, like I don't have the luxury of like living in the <laughs> middle of nowhere and then like making like 24, seven, seven days a week um, eating what I what I have in front of me. But I know that on the weekends I'm going to be eating out because, you know, things happen, you know, we we are a very social um, um, uh, society. So I know that I'm going to be in situations where I won't have my broccoli, rice and chicken meal prep. But also I kind of take that into consideration during the week. So like, I know, like, I think it's really important to know how many calories you track or you burn on a daily basis. I think like for me, like I have an iWatch that I track because I want to make sure if I have certain goals that I'm eating enough compared to what I'm burning or if I want to maybe like lean down that I'm slightly um, under calories or if I want to gain a little bit more weight or want to lift a little bit heavier. Like the day before leg day, I typically eat more than I burn that day because I want that excess energy the following day. Um, so for me, like during the week, I eat at a slight calorie deficit knowing that on the weekends, I'll kind of replenish that because it is, it's not like, mm -hmm. it's kind of like a bank account, right? It's like money in, money out. So that's kind of how I track it. Like I know that on a daily basis, I burn around 3000 calories. So that times seven is what 21,000 calories a week that I'm burning. So if on the weekdays, I'm eating like 25 to 2800 calories, I'm kind of banking those extra calories. And on the weekend, I don't have to think about or count calories or uh, I can just eat that extra cookie or eat that slice of pizza or whatever it may be and not think about it and still enjoy life and be social. Because I think when you limit yourself from a social standpoint, that's where you're setting yourself mm -hmm. up for failure. Like if you're a very social individual and you're out and about all the time, if you're not enjoying the social setting because you're limiting yourself to what you're eating, then I think you need to kind of think, take a step back and think about what you're eating overall, not just on that day and maybe make slight adjustments. Not to say like, you know, starve yourself the next day because i think that's completely like inefficient like i know a lot of people who will not especially like 
I have a lot of girlfriends who, you know, for them, like being slender and thin is very important to them. So if they know they're going to eat out for dinner somewhere, like they'll starve themselves the entire day. And I'm like, that's not healthy. Like, you know, there's other things that you're doing to your body by doing that. You're impacting your hormones. There's all these other chemical imbalances that you're doing by these inconsistent, like, um, eating habits that, I mean, if you're going to indulge one day, if you eat an extra thousand calories one day, that's not going to make you gain you know, 20 pounds the following day. So just let it be, enjoy it, and then just get back on track the following Yeah, day. you always got to kind of look in like, like you're kind of looking at it in like weekly averages, monthly averages, quarterly averages, like what's your yearly goal? Not so much like, oh, you know, you mess up like one of the days and it's all like downhill. But a lot of times the problem is, is people don't have that game plan, you know? They are literally like day-to-day -day sure. kind of mindset. And when For you're sure. in that mindset, you have, you, yeah, you have when to you're be in, consistent. You have, yeah, you, you, have, you have to be consistent in the way that you operate. And so for me, like I operate in week work days because my Monday through Friday is completely different than my Saturday and Sunday. Like my Monday through Friday, I work from home. So I'm home all day. Like I'm not tempted by going out to eat with coworkers. So I'm not tempted by, you know, those bagels that someone brings into the office. So for me, so I think you always kind of have to think about your lifestyle. So for me, like would the goal be to kind of have your lifestyle where you can kind of control everything you eat? Probably, but you're like in Texas in like the forest or something. At least that's what it appears like on Facebook. Like for me, like I'm not, I'm not in that setting. So I think everyone just needs to kind of like understand what lifestyle they live in, but then also be, um, be, be consistent, but, um, what's the word like you kind of have to hold by by what your values are so i think one of the things that i notice is that people shame you more for eating healthy than eating unhealthy like if i go out to eat with friends and i eat the or, or i i pick the healthy option everyone's like oh why are you eating healthier like oh don't you want to eat something better i'm like well there's not better or worse it's just it's mm -hmm. calories it's fuel right and so i what i've noticed is that a lot of people kind of like look down on eating healthy and i think that that's what makes a lot of people feel shamed about sticking to what they really want to want to eat when they go out so for me like i don't care i'll get the healthy option most of the times it, it tastes better it's more full honestly most of the times when they bring it out most people are like oh that looks better than like what i ended up getting because most of the time what they ended up looks getting like looks spongebob like made the food you know <laughs> thing. yeah yeah no for sure so, so so i think i think for me it's, it's more about I needed to assess my lifestyle and that's kind of why I do, I kind of bank my calories because I know that on the weekends, I'm a very social individual. Like if, you, if we're friends on Facebook, you'll see that I'm always out and about. So for me and my lifestyle, like I know that on the weekends, I won't be able to 100% stick to my, my typical healthy lifestyle. So during the weekdays, I make those slight adjustments so that I can indulge on the weekends and not feel bad about it or not have to take other extreme measures to like overcompensate for whatever I did. Um, on the yeah. Weekend. And about that social pressure thing, I think that's important. You know, it's funny. It's like when people say like, oh, you're eating that way. Uh, that's like not normal. I'm like, wait a minute. That is what eating normal is. First of all, like the way the, you know, the average yeah. American eats is definitely not normal. That's why nine out of 10 American adults now are metabolically unhealthy and pretty much Anywhere you step outside in America, especially in the corporate world, I mean, nine out of 10 people you run into are full yeah. of obesity, misery, and disease. You know, there's a reason for that. It just doesn't happen, happen overnight. Nutrition is a big part of it. It's not the only part yeah. of it, but it is a big part of it. But in terms of the social pressure, I always found it like very odd because, um, like, for example, okay, 
like a lot of times, you know, especially like family gatherings, sometimes like a lot of times people would like encourage you to eat poorly or whatever or drink, et cetera, et cetera. But then at the same time, at that same table, complain about having gut issues, joint issues, complain about excess body fat, how they don't like how they look uh, in their clothes. But yet at the same time, they're literally inviting you to do the exact same activity uh, that's producing the symptoms the that they're complaining that. about yeah. at that exact table. And that's like an example of like pathology 101, you know, being completely unconscious to the level of like mental and physical pathology you're causing yourself. And you're always, like, I always say, you're doing it to yourself, man. If you want to know the root cause of all your problems, go look in the mirror because you're, you're definitely doing it to yourself. Yeah. So. And, I, and I mean, I, I can see that even within my own family. So, I think, and I think this is probably a common factor in, in a lot of um, a lot of individuals who are first generation or are immigrants themselves to America. Because for me, like, you know, my parents are are Mexican, so it's a very high carb, very high processed diet that they eat back there. But it works in that setting and from their generation because they were out in the field being laborers. Like, we are not that society anymore. So if you continue to eat in that manner and eat that that high carb diet that they were eating because they're working the fields like it makes sense they need that fuel and energy but when you're here in the u.s and you're kind of in this new um corporate sedentary type of lifestyle that exactly then if you continue eating that way like you're inevitably going to gain weight because you're not exerting the energy that you that was that was previously required of you and like for me, like my family, like I didn't know vegetables until I was an adult. Like vegetables was not kind of a uh, uh, a component of any of our meals because it's not culturally. So for me, like it was an introduction. Like I had to learn to enjoy vegetables and it was painful. Like I remember like growing up and going to like my friends' houses who were American and, you know, they had vegetables and I used to hate it. I'd be like, ew, like why do they eat like this like healthy food? But now like for me, like I understand the purpose of, of, of eating the healthy food. And I, I, I feel like for me, I have to learn to enjoy vegetables. And I feel like if that's a struggle for a lot of people, if they don't want to eat vegetables because they don't enjoy it, like that's not something that is a lifetime preference. You can learn to enjoy things. Like even up until like a, a couple of years ago, I hated tomatoes and now I love tomatoes. You just kind of have to like incorporate it into, um, into your diet and make it more common um, and learn how to cook with them to enjoy them, to be able to kind of make them overall part of, part of what yeah, you're Yeah, and then going back to, um, you know, like being social. So J Jerry and I are like the polar opposites. He's very extroverted, I'm very introverted for every one, for every one time he goes out and socializes, I don't socialize like 1,000 times, you know? So <laughs> that's usually the ratio. But uh, yeah, like I always say, every diet, you know, it, ha it has a place in time. You just got to know the person. You got to know the circumstance and their goal in particular. But like, for example, like one thing that I found very easy to do while traveling, um, obviously outside of getting an Airbnb and just cooking your meals there. But like, for example, when I went to Yellowstone last year, the closest grocery store was like way far away. You know, it was like an hour and a half or two hour drive one way, an hour and a half, two hour drive back. And it was just too inconvenient <clears throat> to get there. So in situations like that, especially like even going out and socializing with friends, I mean, just going like, uh, like a carnivore diet could be, could be the thing for you because you could order still whatever you want. You're definitely not going to gain any weight off eating protein for sure. 
And if you want, you could even have like any kind of choice of unlimited amounts of non-starchy vegetables because that's pretty much like zero calories anyways. Your body typically takes like more energy to break those yeah. vegetables down than it gets in return. Uh, so you can still, you know, like whatever they have in the menu, you got a steak or this or chicken, whatever, just pick whatever. And it'll, it'll still be fine. And you won't gain weight off of that. Just pick like maybe drink water instead of like alcohol or something like that. Or you can do the, the bank kind of philosophy that Jerry was doing. That's, that's a uh -huh. good one as well. well so. Well, I mean, 100%. I mean, when I travel, like, I do that all the time. Like, for me, like, if I travel, the well, one, I try to bring snacks myself, right? So I'll bring, like, almonds or nuts or, where, or whatever it may be. Um, but obviously, be cautious of that because they tend to be very high calories. So it's not – and they're also not protein. They're mostly fat. Um, but <clears> – so I, I'll bring, like, protein bars, too, because that's always kind of a quick, like, pre – like, I, I personally like to work out when I travel. Um, like, I enjoy – working out i'm sure we'll get to like the working out aspect of this conversation in a while but like for me like i actually enjoy so it's always a very good like pre-workout snack for me like before i go hit the hotel gym or if i'm in the city and there's like a better more upgraded gym that i get an access to like a protein bar that i brought from home is an easy um snack to kind of have with me but again to the grocery stores i do that too like i i i eat a lot so again, like I burn a lot of calories, so I need to continuously be eating all the time. So I always make sure to go to the grocery store and get snacks for that purpose or protein shakes or protein powder to make my own protein shake or where, whatever it may be. Airbnbs, hotels, most hotels, if you request the room with a fridge, they'll have that option. Um, but there's many foods that you can get at a grocery store that, and also it saves you money. Like if you get groceries or snacks or whatever from the grocery store while you're traveling, that kind of will help you out from a financial standpoint too, because you're not having to go out and eat. And I don't know if you guys have come out very lately, but like even a fast food, just one meal mm -hmm. is like $15. So $15 goes a lot yeah. longer way at the grocery store than, you know, ju just that one chicken sandwich. Yeah. Just to give you guys an idea, an all organic 2000 calorie diet is about, well, actually don't know now because the prices may have gone up slightly because of the gas stuff and all that stuff. But uh, when I wrote my second book, it was like $12.40 or something around there a day for 2,000 calorie organic diet. Yeah. And like you mentioned right there, just like one fast food meal is pretty much like 15 bucks. And another important thing to remember is the average American spends like eight to $16,000 a year on non-essential expenses like alcohol, fast food, like you mentioned, uh, shetty yeah. coffee in the morning, which is like five bucks for like super, super shetty uh, coffee at one of these main corporate chains, um, yeah. whatever else, getting the new iPhone. I, I, I bring, I, I bring this, I bring this giant water bottle everywhere for me. It's half a gallon. So I fill it up and I fill it up twice a day. So cool. I like to do at least a gallon a day. Actually, I usually have like three of these. I do more like one and a half gallons of water but like i travel with it so like it's also easy like i'll refill it at the hotel before i head out for whatever the day's activities are and i'll have water like all day to stay hydrated not spending two to five dollars on a bottle bottle every single time so like for me like i think and i i actually encourage everyone all my friends even to kind of get themselves like a big giant water bottle this is a half gallon some people have a gallon i'm not that extreme i, really, I can just fill it up twice um but i think if you don't have something to keep track of what you're also hydrating yourself with and that's kind of another component too because staying hydrated keeps you full longer which 
for me, like, you'll kind of always see me. And everyone at work always, like, makes fun of me. They're like, how big is that? Because they'll see me on, like, a Zoom call. And I'm like, oh, it's a half gallon. I try to do a gallon a day. Um, yeah, and with those things, too, it makes it kind of easier to measure. Because, you know, when you finish one, you're like, I'm half done. I got, like, one more to go kind of thing. <laughs> also, with the gallon thing, you can kind of. I'll, I'll go. I'll I'll go through. I'll I'll go through one of these yeah, just in the workout itself. It. Like, yeah, my workouts tend to be my workouts tend to be like an hour and a half to two hours, but I already get half a gallon done. So, like, really, if you want to do a gallon a day, you really only have to drink one gallon throughout the day. Outside yeah, the a lot of times, guys, remember like water is the most important nutrient out of all of them out there. You know, it's like ninety nine percent of your cells or even more. It's like pretty much composed of water. So if you're dehydrated, you're not functioning properly at the cellular level at the base base foundation of who you are. And then you can't expect to optimize your health from there from no matter what you do. And it's inexpensive. I use like a Berkey water oh. uh, water system. But there are many types of filtration systems out there. I'll just recommend yeah. kind of staying away from at least consistently drinking out of plastic bottles or any kind of plastic containers. But what Jerry had is great. I use like a glass, basically a pickle jar for the most part. I use one of those as well. Um, always a good choice. And then also like a lot of times, um, yeah. a lot of times people are hungry simply because they're also like just dehydrated. Not that they're in the sense hungry because mm -hmm. your, your brain is basically encased in its skull, you know, it doesn't see the outside world. It just uses its five human senses to gather information and hopefully, at least for most people, increase their chances of survival. But reading cert certain comments on YouTube and, 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 and energy. Uh, baffles that <laughs> philosophy, you know? <laughs> I, I think I think it was, I think it was you or I don't know maybe I, I don't know I read it somewhere that like if you drink a eight ounces of water or sixteen ounces of water right when you wake up like it'll be the equivalent of the energy of a cup of coffee and that's actually what I do like I'll bring you know a cup full of water and I'll just leave it on my nightstand so when I wake up like and then when I wake up I'm thirsty like and most people will go for their coffee or their tea or whatever it may be like for me like I just drink the water and like by the time that you know I get up out of bed and like walk my dog like I don't feel the need to drink coffee like I used to be like a wake up coffee you know walk my dog coffee um read my emails coffee like I would probably have like four cups of coffee before like even noon and so now just kind of consciously trying to stay hydrated I has kind of been my like placebo or probably not placebo effect because it really is um, impacting that I don't feel the need to drink as much coffee like actually, I don't remember the last time I refilled my my coffee pods because I don't drink too much coffee. Yeah, don't you always anymore. find it like a little comical that the people drinking the most coffee always seem to be the most haggard and tired? I'm like, dude, most tired. it's supposed to <laughs> yeah. be giving you energy. Like, where's sure. the damn energy? The ironic thing is the people that will benefit the most from coffee are the people that already have really good energy levels. If you're, if you're, yeah. if you're shed asleep, if you don't know how to manage your biological system, your biological organism, your body, uh, all that coffee is doing is just running you into the ground more and more because when you're tired and you feel like shit, that's your body's way of telling you you need to stop doing what you're doing and do it differently. Yeah. Your body is constantly communicating with you uh, all day, you know, most of the time through pain and people just totally numb themselves out, especially you probably see this in the corporate world a lot. I've done corporate mm -hmm. lectures and Sometimes you get people coming up to you that are like overweight and they're on two or three different pharmaceutical drugs and their back is hurting and uh, their skin, they have skin issues and they're like, I can feel completely fine. I'm like, dude, what, the, what are you talking about, man? Yeah, no, for sure.
and even, and even as a, even as a pre-workout like I, I didn't i didn't even know this up until like recently but i had i actually i met with a nutritionist because i was trying to figure out you know um it came part of the the meal prep service that i use uh, but he was like, stay away from caffeine, especially before working out. And I'm like, no, like I need it before I work out for energy. He was like, well, you think you need it for energy, but what caffeine actually does is it constricts your like blood flow. And that's how you feel that energy. But then that's kind of counterintuitive to your workout because then you're not getting the blood circulation that's required for you to really get that extra pump and really get that oxygen to your muscles and the lactic acid to your muscles to be able to have an efficient workout. So he's like, you're drinking caffeine and you think you're getting energy, but you're really counteracting the impact of your workout. So if you really want an effective workout, be rested, fully energized from eating properly, and then work out rather than chugging caffeine right beforehand, because you're just going to constrict your like blood flow. And it's just, it's not going to be as effective as if you didn't have that. Jolt yeah. And caffeine. the other thing is that I was going to mention is that, um, you know, when you're chronically dehydrated, and your body or your body doesn't think you're gonna it's gonna get water some way it'll actually trick you oftentimes to think you're hungry so it increases the chance of you actually mm -hmm. eating food which is you know predominantly vegetables or fruit or you know 95 plus percent water meat is very high in water like 70 plus percent as well so it'll actually train trick your brain into thinking you're hungry so you can have an increased chance of eating that food and getting water from that food to increase your chance of survival so a lot of times not a lot of times, but quite a bit of times, it's like people that think they're hungry, they're really thirsty. And then also like another thing is people think they have mm -hmm. to be starving themselves to death. I'm like, dude, Jerry and I like have to keep like, if anything, it's way too much food just to be able to sustain our weight without the fat dropping uh -huh. off way too quickly. A lot of times that's like a huge yeah. uh, thing with dieting too. I never had yeah, any of these issues with my clients. They're like, if anything, way too full while they're losing uh, so much body fat, you know, I don't know what the deal is with these, yeah. uh, with these diets. So I literally, I literally have a, I literally have a friend who it's almost embarrassing because so he's 250 pounds, but he's a bodybuilder. And so we go out to eat and he will literally order like three entrees. I'm like, can you like eat before we go out? So we don't look so weird because you're eating, but he's still like, he looks ripped and huge because he needs it in order to maintain his mass. So I think it all is all just kind of relative to your body, what your goals are. Um, but doing it in a healthy manner, I would never like say, I, I think like starving yourself is probably like counterintuitive because most people who starve themselves end up binging. Like, I don't know anyone who like starves themselves and actually like looks good. They're either one, mm -hmm. unhealthily skinny where it's a concern or two, they're overweight because they're binging. And so for me, like, I feel like binging is probably like even worse because you're probably going to eat more than you would have had you just consistently yeah. been eating. Yeah. Well, what's your, um, what's your take on, what's your take on the general like corporate vibe and why a lot of people kind of lose themselves in their health? Because I notice it, it is a very high, I mean, it's, I'm talking about like when I was doing corporate lectures. I think, I think, I think, I think it's, ex I think it's excuses. I think everyone has excuses for why they don't want to. They like, I, I feel like we're in a society where we like to complain when we don't get um, immediate, immediate results. So I think like, especially physique, like, I don't, I don't think you need to eat healthy or work out to look good. I think that is just an outcome. But if that is that is your goal, then that's not going to be a very long term sustainable goal to have. Um, if you just kind of make it part of your life, it'll be the output, it shouldn't be kind of like what you're trying to achieve, it should just be kind of a result out of kind of that lifestyle. Like I have a lot of people who say, I don't have time. I'm like, 
there's no reason, <clears throat> excuse me, there's no reason for you to say that you don't have time. If you have time to watch two hours of Housewives of Beverly Hills, then you have time to go to the gym. It's just about priorities. And like for me, like I actually look at my schedule the day, the night before to figure out, okay, when should I plan on working out? Like if my day is going to be back to back to back to back meetings, like, okay, should I wake up slightly earlier to go work out? Or am I going to have the energy or time to work out afterwards? Or do I have time in between meetings to get that workout? And so I think you kind of just need to be conscious of your own schedule because the whole, I don't have time. I don't think is really a reason. I think there's some, there's some individuals who have obviously tighter schedules. Obviously if you're a parent and you have kids, then that is probably a little bit more difficult, but there's other ways that you can get your fitness in involving your kids like i mean obviously if you have kids and you have to take care of them rather than like just having them run around all day in the house and you just watching them and that preventing you from going to them go to the park let them be busy you go do push-ups or sit-ups or whatever bring your yoga mat and do that or wake up early or wake up or while they're getting ready to go to school like get your push-ups and go for a walk like for me i don't do cardio per se but i have a dog so i take her on like a 45 minute to an hour walk every day because one, I want to tire her out. But two, like mm-hmm. I killed two birds in one shot. So I get my cardio and I get to walk my dog. So I think you just need to figure out what your schedule is like and plan ahead. I think I think to to be able to work out when you when you work in a corporate environment, depending on the type of corporate that you're in, there could it could be a very consistent schedule, which in that case, you shouldn't have any excuse. If you're an accountant who goes in at 8 a.m. and clocks out at 5 p.m., there's no reason why you can't go to the gym, you know, at 6.30 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. or after work, whatever it may be. If you have a more inconsistent corporate work or schedule, then think ahead, plan ahead. Even if you think, and even like for me, like I even have backup plans because there's times where I'm like, oh, you know what? I have like a two hour block that I'll just go to the gym then. But I also kind of have a backup plan because I'm the type of, or I have the type of schedule where things get added to my calendar last minute. So for me, like, okay, if something happens and I can't make that slot that I'm originally intending to, when can I go? And so for me, like my default is always after work, but also for me, like I actually enjoy working out. And it's like the one time where I don't look at emails. I don't reply to, to text messages or whatever it may be. Sometimes I put in my phone. What do you mean like sometimes? It should be every time. Listen to, you know? to I remember I didn't even allow you, I think, to have your phone on us during the training sessions. (laughs) Like for me, yeah. And even if I looked at emails or any, like, I feel Mm. like it would stress me out and I would like not have an efficient workout. So for me, like working out, like I actually enjoy it. And it's like, it's my, I call it my me time. Like, I don't like to talk to anyone. I also like, I mean, some people are into like, I don't do gym buddies. Like I can't do a gym buddy because that ends up being into like chit chatting or like, whatever it may be like i just like to go in and out like for like i i learned this from you you know you shouldn't need more than you know an hour of work to have mm-hmm. an effective workout so for me like i like to go in do my thing and then get out and so for me like having a gym it just doesn't work out for me because they either want to chit chat or you know then i have to wait for them like yeah sometimes there's benefits because you can like lift heavier if you have a spot but i'm also not the type of individual who's embarrassed to ask someone at the gym like i'll ask them like hey can I, can you spot me or whatever? Because that's the other thing, you know, I want to make sure that I'm safe when I'm, when I'm lifting. And if I'm lifting heavy and if I need a spotter, but I don't have a gym buddy, then I just randomly ask a person. Most people are friendly. Like people ask mm-hmm. me all the time if I can spot them. And I for sure, like 100% do it. Um, I'm even the one who's like, hey, do you want me to like take a picture for you if it's going to be faster than, because that's the other thing that bothers the F out of me 
it's all these new uh, social media insta fit people that bring mm-hmm. their tripods to the gym and literally they just take up so much time just setting up the equipment to like do like two reps and then look at the video and realize that they want to do it again i'm just like just, there should be like special gym for like those people <laughs> because i hate them but i like i i going back to kind of just the the corporate lifestyle thing i think i think i think most people's excuse is the time thing but i think it's more about assessing your priorities so if if you want to be fit and you want fitness to be a priority make that a priority like skip the watching the tv show or you know wake up slightly earlier or you know figure out some time i think it's just all about schedule management and i think if you can schedule enough time for all these other things that are not must have then i think the gym is probably a better investment in yourself yeah of course long yeah I, well objectively speaking when we're looking just at straight hours, there's more to the equation than this. I mean, uh, I think they're like 128 hours in a week. Let's say ideally, I mean, you're sleeping eight hours a day. That's like 54 hours or something like that. Then you're working 40 hours a week. Average person, I think, works around 50, though. Uh, let's say you're spending even 15 hours a week with your family and friends. Like you're hanging out with your friends 15 hours a week, which basically not even the most like social people do for the most part. And you're spending mm-hmm. about five hours a week, like running errands and stuff of that sort. Even with all of that, you still have two full days and about like five or five or six hours of free time every, every single week. And mm-hmm. from my calculation, what does it take to really optimize your aesthetics and health? It takes about like 10 to 11 hours, you know, with the workouts, presuming you're driving to the gym, yeah. getting your meals, uh, all that stuff. It takes, let's say, about like 10 hours a week. So even with all that, you know, you still have pretty much like one and a half days of complete free time every single week. But the Mm -hmm. real issue I find for most people is, um, you know, they don't stop working out and eating well uh, for no reason. They usually stop working out and eating well as a byproduct or a symptom of a disconnect of their core values, which leads to a lot of like misery in their life, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's also who you That's surround yourself with. Like for like like for me, like all my friends are healthy. We all we all want to like we're all still young and single, and you know we want to look good. And so for all of us, like you know we self motivate each other. Like you know we'll we'll. Give I'm like, each well, other I'm props. not young and we'll single, like, but I still want to look good. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, 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 for, for, for sure, but 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 I would probably say that like. 99.9% of my friends and everyone that I hang out with and associate with fitness and being healthy is part of their life. Like I, like I said earlier, I probably have like a 20 um, personal trainer friends. So for me, like it's not weird or odd or out of habit to be healthy because I'm surrounded by everyone who that's their lifestyle. So it's, it's, it's my normal. So I think you also kind of have to do that is put yourself in an in a, an environment where and it doesn't have to be like an extreme like myself where everyone that I'm friends with is healthy, but you know have the one or two friends that are and like help each other kind of self motivate to kind of achieve those goals and make that part of the lifestyle because the the gym and eating healthy is it's mm-hmm. a lifelong thing it's not like you can do it for a couple of months you get to whatever target goal, body, appearance, aesthetic, whatever it may be, goal that you have, and then you're going to keep it. Like, this is, 
a lifestyle. Like it's not a, it's not a, it's not a temporary thing. So unless you're willing to, to commit to it, and I, sorry, this is probably not something that you want me to say, but like, why wait? No, why I say that all the time. time on that? <laughs> so like for me, like, 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 like for me, like I see individuals that I see them at the gym every single day and they work out longer than I do, but they're the, but, but they're still unhealthy. They're still overweight. I'm just like, what are, like, what are you eating at home? that you still look like this even though we have the same yeah. gym lifestyles <clears throat> so for me like i eat a lot i'm like are you going home and just like chugging gallons of ice cream like how can you still be that unhealthy mm -hmm. if you're here at the gym and it, it kind of goes back to like you know they'll go home and because they worked out they're like i'm gonna treat my yeah. to a cheeseburger i'm like well no that's, yeah. not, <laughs> that's not how it works I mean, yeah, there are some individuals where there's the thyroid issue. You know, there's, there's, there's no thyroid issues, guys. For those of you that tried that thyroid excuse like, with me, all it really does, you know, if, if you have an underactive thyroid is just decrease your calorie expenditure slightly. There's still so much you can do. To, and I've had many clients with thyroid issues. Why did, why are they all losing weight? Clearly it's just poor programming, poor lifestyle decisions, poor nutritional decisions yeah. and a myriad of other things. Well, so, well, what, what I meant it, what I meant, it, it could have been a factor that got you to that point. But if you're, if you're going to the gym and eating healthy and doing something about it, then like, you know, like I know people who, you know, their diabetes, the one that can go away, goes away once they kind of like re, um, rechange their lifestyle. So I don't know. I, I, I feel bad sometimes. Cause I, I do want to ask them like, Hey, like maybe I can give you some tips on like what you should be eating because you're, you're killing it at the gym. You're doing the right things at the gym, but there must be something at home that you're not doing that doesn't allow you to achieve those goals. Um, and even like, even like the worst is like personal trainers at gyms that just look unhealthy. Like I, it, I'm baffled and I would never pay for a personal trainer that is unhealthy themselves because if you yourself as a personal trainer can't, uphold the values and, and and structure that you're trying to teach your clients like why would i <clears throat> want to work out for with you so for me like when people are like oh like you know who who should you you know oh they 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 must know what they're doing because you know they're personal trainers i'm like no like anyone can be a personal trainer you can log in online and do like a little course and then 24-hour fitness will hire you Sorry, 24-hour fitness. 24-hour um, fitness but, actually is a little bit more stringent. Like, but to be honest, in California, uh, <laughs> you don't even need a certification. All you need is um, yeah. uh, CPR, CPR, which takes like literally like two hours to pass, like a CPR cert, and personal training insurance, which is like 200 bucks a year. And that's it. You're a personal trainer. That's literally it. That's literally it. Yeah. And so for me, like, 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 like when I found you, like I purposely looked for like a trainer that look like they actually like followed their own guidance because there are so many out there that i'm just like okay like how can you even be t and they also kind of teach things that are incorrect because they never really have the proper training or the proper mentorship to teach them what the right stuff is they just see what's online like i've had so many like quote unquote personal trainers try to tell me you know xyz and i'm like oh, i'm pretty sure that's not how science works but yeah. like let me try to like I try to educate them like eh, I think this is you know this is the science behind it I was like you may have like read that or seen that on Instagram but like that's not really like how the body yeah. works but that's just well my, it's my actually very that. accurate when people have a huge misconception about in-person trainers being like elite information providers or very competent it's complete opposite like 99% of the time very incompetent very unprofessional oftentimes very yeah. little certifications or any education 
required to get into those uh, occupations and stuff of that sort. And um, one quick thing, I have to say, I've noticed this. And from a customer's perspective, I do hear a lot of people say like, hey, you know, I wouldn't take advice from like a registered dietitian or nutritionist or like a personal coach, personal trainer or whatever that isn't fit or healthy themselves. But how many times do people take advice from like medical doctors that are very, very unhealthy and they just blindly follow their advice, you know? I find it very odd that it's like, yeah. um, People have that standard for personal trainers, but then for medical doctors, they're like, well, at least he has a degree, you know? No, I, I agree. I agree. And I actually, I have a lot of friends who are in the medical field, whether they're physicians or whatever it may be. And they themselves acknowledge that nutrition is not a big focus during medical school. Like they, and I think that's why kind of a lot of medical offices or whatever are now now have these like nutrition programs that doctors can refer to them because doctors themselves aren't like very specialized like even like um uh what is it called like uh doctors that deliver babies like most of them don't really like know a lot of the non-surgical aspect of delivering a baby that's why like sometimes countries that use midwives you know the the baby mortality is lower than in the u.s because you know they know more of the uh, non-scientific Western medical approach to certain diseases. And for me, like, I open myself up to non-traditional... Um, uh, you mean traditional? I guess. Like, as well. You mean like, traditional of living uh -huh. a healthy lifestyle and being actually healthy? That is the traditional way. <laughs> well, yeah, All these well, yeah, pills yeah, and pharmaceutical the, shit, I, the, the non that's the non-traditional yeah. thing, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, like, like for me, like, you know, I, you know, instead of, so, you know, I, like everyone in the world, like, I went to a psychiatrist or therapist for, and I think everyone should, I, I'm very proponent for a therapist, but for me, like, one thing that I don't like is cycle, whatever, medications, like, for me, they're like, oh, you have, and they were trying to tell me things that I had, and I'm like, oh, that doesn't make sense to me, like, I think I went in there for, I forget what it was. And then the lady was like, oh, you have anxiety or depression. And then try to give me these medications. And I kind of started taking them, but they didn't really, like they, they didn't vibe well for me. And so I'm like, someone was like, you know, have you tried meditating? So I'm like, let me give that a try. So that's kind of, I, I tried these other approaches that ended up working well where like, mm -hmm. I don't really take any prescription medication unless it's like an, an antibiotic because, you know, I need it. And like, you know, it's an infection. Like it needs to get treated with penicillin or whatever maybe but like for me like i try to i open myself and allow myself to other treatment methods that aren't considered traditional in the western medic medicine way like meditate you know i do the whole cupping i i, I try everything i'm not going to say that everything works i'm i don't i haven't i'm not technically equipped to to, to no you can't work because not, you're actually like a healthy feel, individual do, yourself that's the biggest testament but I do, you know but I, but I do, so don't discredit but I do, but I do see, yeah don't I discredit do your results. opinion on it correct but i but i do see results yeah yeah i, I have an opinion but I, I can't say like scientifically proven but um but yeah no, no I, I i think everyone should allow themselves to explore other options that are non-physician comma MD. Yeah, I had the same tribe. same issue with you as a long time ago, like during UCI. Um, like I had social anxiety, you know, I probably told you this story like a million times, but I also went to the doctor and they're like, oh, you're taking this anxiety medication. Not looking at the fact that I was, you know, way overstudying, working out way too much, had like poor social skills that I could have 
at least train myself to counter, you know, which I ended up doing by taking improv classes, acting classes, uh, just like hiring random coaches, et cetera, et cetera, just to at least learn those skills so you don't feel as awkward in social situations, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And it went away, man. It went away once I learned like, hey, you're not supposed to be working 80 hour weeks, you know, and you're not supposed to be this. And a lot of times the way yeah. these like uh, psychiatrists or other MDs are practicing, just kind of throwing pills at you, giving you a quick five, they should be like ashamed of how they're practicing because they're not doing the customer yeah. any justice by doing that. And in fact, I would even argue, and it's easy to prove, like they're, they're just actually reinforcing that person's behavior because they're allowing them to keep doing what they're doing that led them to their problem of why they're there to begin with. It's kind of like having a rock inside of your shoe and instead of that's causing you pain, and instead of taking that rock out, you take like pain mm -hmm. medication, but continue to walk with that rock inside your shoe. Now, how stupid does that sound? And that's basically how, what, what mm -hmm. healthcare has become for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, the, the one thing that I, I do think is great about, I feel like, what is it, what, um, starting with the millennials and kind of the younger generations, I feel like we're more receptive to non-traditional treatments and i think that's great because i think long term it's going to be more balanced of uh of western and eastern or non non quote unquote traditional treatments because i'm not going to say that medicine should be out the way and i'm not that type of individual i, th I think you know prescriptions are they're there for certain things um not for other things but i think i think we're moving towards a society where it's a little bit more balanced and I'm kind of happy about that because I think the boomer generation was all very medical because for them, like medical, I feel like medical breakthrough was like their generational uh, kind of, kind of viewpoint. But I think our generation that kind of saw all the non-medical impact of the boomer generation that is now affecting us psychologically, like we're opening ourselves more to kind of non medicated type of treatments and i think that's great because i think we're moving towards a more balanced equilibrium of like western and eastern medicine i don't want to say eastern because that it's not completely all just eastern but you know your your western versus non-western um type of treatments so I, th I think that's great i think that's that's the one benefit of kind of the younger generations is that they're more receptive to that and so i'm kind of looking maybe like you know within my lifetime it'll be kind of a more normalized receptive thing because that's the that's kind of a another thing too like i think mental health is very important too to go along with your physical health because there's all these things that if you're if you're if your mental health is not where it should be then you have all these hormones and chemical imbalances in your brain that can ultimately end up impacting mm -hmm. your physical health so getting that as getting that tune up as well so just like your body needs the gym workout and the proper food in it i feel like your mental health also kind of requires that it shouldn't be like you have a nervous breakdown to where you go and seek health or mental health advice like it should be kind of a very proactive normalized type of um scenario and again like i think now there's things like uh life coaches there's all these not so psychiatrists are the only ones who can prescribe medication. So for me, like, I try to stay away as much as possible from psychiatrists because they're like the doctors of your mental health. So for them, their answer is always going to be some sort of uh, some sort of prescribed medication. But now there's there's all these other alternative um, uh, mental health um, support. Like, you know, just uh, regular psychiatrists can't prescribe. So that's that's one option. A therapist, life coach, there's all these new ways that don't require medicine to treat that aspect of it. And I think once you kind of have, when you, 
when you're emotionally healthy, I think that will emotion that will lead to kind of a a physical um, health revolution, if that kind of makes sense. So for me, like you know, when I'm sad, depressed, feel feel whatever it may be, um, like I don't feel motivated to go work out. I don't feel motivated to eat healthy. Like I think for a lot of people, when they're depressed, you know, they want to eat sweets, and there's all the I, I forget the research, but you know, there's things that like sweets. It's like a drug, like it, it artificially makes you feel good. But if you don't even allow yourself to get to that point where you need that craving to satisfy your mental health emotions, then like ultimately you're just going to be healthy consistently physically and won't require to like eat that pint of ice cream because you're feeling depressed because you're on antidepressants, but mm-hmm. stronger ones because you're not really getting to, to the root of it. So now you're eating ice cream and pizza to try to make yourself... So it's kind of a, a, a rolling, what is it called? A cycle uh, of pathology. Rolling effect. Uh, snow, 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 yeah, snow, snow, we call snow, in snow a lot of the radio. healthcare, we call that person the 401k client because they literally never get better. So you throw yeah. them on your 401k plan because they have to keep coming back because they tackle one symptom, then another symptom <laughs> comes back, then another symptom, they're just a client for life. And they always wonder why they're getting sicker and sicker. Yeah. And then when you ask them, they're like, Oh, my doctor is so good. He prescribes me medication right when I need it. I'm like, no, 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 man. That's not a good sign of a doctor that puts you on more medication. A good sign of a doctor is the one that de-prescribes medications for you and gets you completely off of that shit as fast as possible. You know, so. Yeah, uh, no, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the the few things that I take is just kind of like just the multivitamins, just general things. But I probably don't, I probably don't even need them because i get all those nutrients from just the food that i eat but i mean like for me it's more kind of like just just to make sure but like even people who have like cabinets of supplements i'm like if you're really eating like the food that you should be eating you shouldn't need like every single yeah. like alphabet <laughs> uh alphabet uh um uh, uh vitamin on your on your cabinet to yeah exactly and, and you kind of hinted at you know being emotionally happy as the as you know uh a ripple effect to just creating overall health and i'm totally totally big believer in that and i think honestly the the biggest driver to any sort of uh misery disease whatever is a disconnect in that core values of the individual presuming the individual even understands or even is clear about their core values like you're very clear about Mm -hmm. various of your core values and you're always learning along the way new ones and sometimes they change of course but the bigger that disconnect in your core values uh, the more mental and physical pain the person will experience in their life. And typically they always seek out food as a form of comfort, electronics as a form of distraction. Like you check the person's history on their mm-hmm. phone. They're telling you they don't have enough time. You check their history and they're spending three or four hours a day on social yeah. media. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have enough time, you know? And, that, and, that, and, that, and, that's, and that's the other thing that I think is making a lot of people it kind of creates that ripple effect is that in social media, like for me, like I always tell people, people only post on social media, the good stuff. So like, if you're comparing yourself to other people through their social media, like you're not really getting a true representation of their true life because they're not posting, you know, their, their, their lows, they're just posting their highs. And then also from, you know, a physique standpoint, if you're comparing yourself to like, you know, that person who has, you know, a trillion followers and is like ripped, well, like that is their job. Like they are at the gym like for hours. Like for me and my lifestyle, like I will, I know that I won't ever be able to achieve. You're not going to be abusing anabolics. It's not my job. I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I don't that, <laughs> That's that, literally don't, probably the only thing separating you from them is they're willing to abuse anabolics and then spread that message to the youth. Unfortunately, and you're not. You know. 
So. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Like I, I think if you're comparing yourself, I think social media has kind of like made that even worse because they make it seem like it's easy. Like, you know, you have, you know, you have those, 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 those guys or, or girls who are like, I'm just going to do like these, these weird pushups and you'll get like, you know, the best like chest of your life. I'm like, no, just, you know, stick to the regular pushups. That'll work. Like you don't need to do all these like crazy fancy things that they're doing for the likes and the follows. But most of the time, like one, they're like, unsafe or two like they're not really practical or three like you can do it more efficiently and easier way so i think social media has kind of added to to the pressure to look a certain unrealistic way and so one most yes most of those people are on some sort of like steroid or additional whatever it may be but two like they're also at the gym a lot longer than most of us have time to like for them that's their income like you know their job is to have followers. i'm telling you jerry they're not at the and gym so longer they are at the gym. <laughs> they're literally just abused like most of them are literally just abusing anabolics that's literally it they're they're not working yeah. out any special than you they don't have any great trust me they definitely either at the same level of work ethic as I, you but I, it's not no, it's not going to sure. be better you know for sure and 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 also to like when if you see them in person <clears throat> one they don't look like that because <clears throat> most of them use and use um that other like because i have friends who you know are social media influencers or whatever it may be uh but they won't post a picture without like editing like hyper editing it to make look good. even like group pictures they all select like literally i have seen them like it'll be like a group picture of 10 guys and they all have to pick the picture that they're going to post so they all post the same picture and then they will all edit it together and then approve what actually gets posted on there. So what you see on social media from these like instant fit social media influencers or whatever it be, like it's not their real body. It's not what they really look like in person. And going back to like the steroids, like they have terrible skin. Like their back is full of like acne. Like they have like terrible like varicose veins or whatever they're called. Um, so in reality, they don't really look that way. So I always think it's funny because I'm like, if they ever go missing, like they'll never be able to find them because they won't have a picture that actually looks like what they look like in yeah. real life. And there are good channels that are kind of exposing the, the scammers out there. Unfortunately, um, I don't know. I forgot the names of them. There are a few channels, you know, that expose like, you know, who's, who's lying. And then unfortunately, they sell these programs kind of. To the naive person, they don't know, you know, yeah. so they buy these programs thinking they're going to um, look like these people and it's kind of super oh, yeah, bogus the and they they're like, not. Yeah. And it's like, first of all, like you can't even, unless you're already like very knowledgeable, there's not much a pre-made program can do for you anyways. You know, you have to have that one-on-one -on -one kind of elite coaching to really get you to set that foundation right. And then once you're very knowledgeable, you can probably yeah. buy those programs and then know what to use and not use and still have good results. But before that, if you just get like an average average corporate corporate worker that's buying these pre-made programs, dude, what happened to the two to three hour assessment yeah. that needs to go into even knowing what this person needs it doesn't happen. So obviously they don't see they don't see results at all, you know. And I, and I and I and I think that's what differentiates your type of training versus those type of trainings is that yours is a little bit more personalized to the individual and what their needs and goals are, and also kind of what type of you know potential injuries they might have because those online programs like they're actually not 
your your coach or your trainer like especially the very big ones with like millions and thousands or thousands of followers or millions of followers like they actually have a team of people where like their people aren't even fit their job is just to kind of like email out programs email out programs like the person is just the face for the account but they're not actually like coaching or training you the way that you do with your clients like they've just gotten to the point where like they just have like minions who like just shoot out these programs and like you're not actually like getting that true trainer experience because the trainer mm -hmm. is not really training you. It's just like someone they hired who, cause now you can do it via, you know, everything is just online now. Like you don't see them in person. So it's not really them that you're working with. You're just kind of working with someone that they hired to kind of reply back. Yeah. To and like else. a quick check and balance for those looking to reach out to coaching. I mean, look, the first time going around with a coach, I mean, if they're not offering, uh, you know, like a two or three hour assessment upon first meeting you, that's already like a massive, massive red flag. And I would recommend definitely running away, running the other way and finding someone more competent or someone that has a business system that's more conducive to the client's well-being than instead of the uh, practitioner's pocket. Um, of course, there's so much more that goes into that. But just right there, I mean, that assessment has to happen, especially with today's average citizen, which is like full of different pathologies that have to be taken into consideration before even uh, like starting a training program and stuff of that sort. Um, if they're like, if you're showing up and they're just having you sign a quick waiver and then bam, you get into that class and you're doing deadlifts and snatches and mm -hmm. running around in circles and like a group full of 20 people. That's, that's another huge red flag. Yeah. And going back to your um, 401k. Or BMW fund client. Like, that's another name. Actually, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so actually, so I, so another thing for like good trainers is good trainers actually fire their clients. So, you know, I have friends that, you know, they'll be like, oh, I had to fire a client today and they fire their clients because if their clients are not putting in the work that they're asking them to, they're like, this is my mm -hmm. brand. This is my representation. I'm not, you're not paying me to like chit chat with you during our workouts. Like I need you to like actually work out. I need you to, to go home and do what I told you to do. And if you're not doing it, like the, like my friends will, my friends that are personal tra trainers fire the clients that aren't really committed to the program that they're trying to deliver. And so like, if, if you're, if you're, if you're working out with a trainer and all you do is chit chat, and I see this all the time at the gym, I'm like, dude, like you're paying like 72, um, sometimes $150 an hour. Rent to friend. That's what they're referred to. Like, like I'm like I, I like a baffle like I would be like what's next what's next like what's the next workout like so I can like start mentally preparing for that next workout like I wouldn't want to just like sometimes I'll just sit on an equipment for like 20 minutes just like talking I'm like you're literally yeah just throwing burning dollars yeah, that's in a, front of me. a rent a friend personal trainer that's the phrase you know you're paying them <laughs> to literally pretend to be your friend yeah. for an hour and count your reps and you're paying like a hundred or a hundred like you mentioned uh, especially in your area. I mean, you can get probably 150 is probably maybe the average price, you know, and stuff of that yeah, sort. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. And then another, another huge red flag. I mean, dude, there has to be like a program that's provided to the client that streamlines the entire process for what they need to do Monday through Sunday on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly basis. This must happen. If you're not getting that, if you're showing up and, and the coach is like, Oh, what do you want to train today? Oh, what did we train last week? Oh, let me think. Maybe we trained like legs last week. What do you want to uh -huh. train today? Or they're not providing you or they're keeping like little notes uh -huh. like I'm doing right now just during our, our chat. Or like you mentioned, they're just kind of like a rental friend and chatting yeah. with you. 
dude, you don't have a coach. You literally have a rent a friend and you're paying that yeah. person to be your friend and that's it. And if that's what you want, then that's yeah. totally cool. But just or, that is what you have and, to acknowledge. And then, yeah. And then also ask, and then also asking you like what injuries you have that day because you know there's times where like yeah. oh man like i slept weird and like my back is funky like if they if they're not proactively asking you like how you're feeling that day and then be able to modify things based on the like if, if they walked in there for the preset this is what we're gonna do but like hey like maybe something is going on with your body that day that limits you from doing that like they should be able to accommodate or adjust or whatever it may be to make sure that however you're feeling that day doesn't get any worse if you have any type of injury because that happens all the time like i i'll fall asleep on the couch and i wake up and my neck is like messed up so clearly i'm not going to be doing any type of like <laughs> workouts that involve kind of neck rotation or whatever it. It may be, but. Got it. hi everyone thanks for tuning into the podcast i'm curious have you ever been confused by the labels in the grocery store in yevgeny's book he demystifies the difference between caged cage-free free-range, and pasture-raised meats. He also covers how to avoid GMOs, source high-quality water, fish, supplements, and other related topics. It's a beautifully illustrated, non-technical read that comes with a comprehensive video series and other extended learning materials. Jump on Amazon and check out the book titled Anti-Factory Farm Shopping Guide by Evgeny Trefkin. Now let's dive back into the podcast. Yeah. Well, well, what else? Uh, how are you doing with remote work, by the way? I'm always encouraging my clients to go remote because it, it's, it's, <laughs> I feel like it saves so much time and it gives that person that extra like 10 hour window, like I mentioned, that you really need to optimize <clears throat> your mental and physical oh, health. I, you know? I mean, I, I, I love it. I love it from the time that I've reclaimed back. Like now that I think about it. So I used to, I used to only commute like 10 hour, 10 miles to work. It was just 10 miles, which you, you would think should take San Diego, LA time. three hours, but no, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it would, it would minimum. Yeah. It would minimum take like yeah. 45 minutes on a good day. And then like, you know, if it's written, cause you know, California, if it's, if it's raining, like it's an automatic, like an hour and a half. Or if it's a holiday week and like there's all these factors where like I was probably averaging out maybe like an hour to an hour and 15 minutes each way. So like now working from home, like I have like two to two and a half of extra hours mm -hmm. to do things. And so like even now work people who work remote and can't get a workout and I'm like, well, you're not spending time on the road. So like, why don't you use Excuse maker. As, as a form of, yes. <clears throat> but like for me, like it's easy for me to stay active working from home because I have a dog and so I'll have to go on walks I'll go on jogs so she's a cattle dog German Shepherd highly active so for me like that's helpful to like get up and be active in a work from home environment because you could kind of get into a cycle of just kind of being lazy at home and kind of like just any breaks in between work just laying down on the couch and watching tv so like for me like I'll I'll work on projects I'll like do yard work or whatever it be things that are active during my work load times. So I think that's that's kind of been a benefit of working from home. But I think I think we were talking about um, talking about it yesterday is just those boundaries are a little bit blurred sometimes working from home because there's not the, um, you know, everyone gets there at eight into the office and leaves by five. And so like when you work in an office like that, eight to five is very much respected because once you leave at five, like people know that you're on the road or you're gonna go to your family and they don't bother you. I think when you work from home, like that boundary is a little bit blurred because there is no clocking out or like that feeling 
uh, the day is over. So I think you do need to establish those boundaries. And, you know, like I mentioned to you um, earlier, when we were chatting the other day, like for me, like I actually quit my last job because that exactly. wasn't being respected. I was getting pinged at all, all times of the day. And that's the other thing for me is I need to be happy where I work because if I'm not happy working, like you're doing this more than mm -hmm. you're doing anything else. If you're working 40 hours a week, that's, that's more than you're doing anything else. <clears throat> so you need to enjoy it. So for me, like I actually took a very significant pay cut to move to an organization where I can have that time because for me, my time and my mental health and my, that, those are those are things that are more important to me now. So I mean, it, obviously, you know, some people are a little bit more limited. Like for me, like I don't have a lot of financial commitments. Like I don't have family and kids. So like for me, like if I wanted to, like I can just say like screw everyone and I'm gonna pack my things up and pull a Eugene and <laughs> go to the middle of nowhere and just not do anything for a while. But like for me, like I I have different priorities. Where like for me, like climbing up the ladder is no longer the the priority and and if it and one of the things too that i always that i've been kind of telling people is that my after covid covid kind of shifted the way that i thought about what some of my priorities were like when all these people died like all these people who lived such unhealthy unhappy lives just kind of died and it was for nothing like for me like it was a wake-up call like that's why literally like I, after covid like i quit my job i was like i this is not worth it i was like what if another pandemic happens next year or the following year and wipes us all out? Like, I want to make sure that this life that I'm living today, I'm enjoying, I'm healthy, I'm happy because it's pointless doing something, a job that you're doing the most of um, and not enjoying it, not being happy. That ends up being kind of another mm -hmm. snowfall to the eating unhealthy or like the whatever may be. So I don't know. I, I I have, I, I'm, I think I'm lucky that I have the liberty to do that. Um, but I think for those, those others that are out there that can do that, like, why not? What's keeping you from making that move to something that's more, more um, conducive to a happier. Yeah. Happier and also lifestyle. regarding your comment, I hear this often with people that have kids, but I think it's total BS. Um, remember kids always go off of what they see you doing oftentimes not what they say you're doing. So if you're a parent and you're coming home tired, overweight, sick, full of disease, not present as your fullest self, and not setting healthy boundaries at work, you're communicating this to your kid that it's okay to do that and it's okay to live that way. And guess what? They're gonna be the exact same way. And if you're miserable mm -hmm. and full of obesity and disease, well, your kid's gonna be miserable and full of obesity. How happy is that mm -hmm. gonna make you seeing your kid following that same exact proven path that it is just going to lead to full of like misery the funny thing is is a lot of people seek out these jobs for the biological safety you know they kind of like well um you know uh i have this core value but the outside world isn't going to respect me for this core value or appreciate me in the sense that i'm not going to be able to make a living let's say i want to be an artist well, you know, I'm not going to be able to make a living for an artist, mm -hmm. for example, because the person thinks maybe they don't have the business skills or even the skill and the people want to appreciate their art or whatever. So they're like, well, I'm going to get whatever mainstream job ABC it could be whatever that is, you know, let's yeah. say like a lawyer, corporate job, a warehouse guy. Of course, it's not aligned with your core values, but 
hey, at least I'll get a paycheck and I'll be physically safe. My biological being will be safe. I'll have the money to have a house mm -hmm. and also food, et cetera, et cetera. So I won't be like physically or biologically at risk. But the problem is, is that then creates like yeah. an insidious cycle, you know, that uh, that disconnect of the core mm -hmm. values for the first two, three, four years might be okay. But then in the back of your head, you know, you're being fake to yourself, you know, and then you grow disgruntled to your work, to your coworkers. Yeah. It becomes a stressful environment. That insidious low-grade chronic stress is extremely detrimental to your central nervous system, immune yeah. system. That causes a cascade of health problems, which lead to also mental issues as well, which once again, through neuroplasticity, lead to physical issues. And all of a sudden, you lost that biological safety you're seeking to begin with, which explains, you know, nine out of 10 Americans are metabolically unhealthy now, you know? And it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. work. It, it, yeah. Buy some short-term relief, maybe. And maybe if you use it kind of like with the thought of like using it as a springboard to get to the next stage. But if you nest there, you will run into a life full of obesity, misery, and disease. And there's no ifs or buts about it. It's guaranteed to happen. Yeah, no, I, like for me, like I always like people when people ask, so I work in corporate finance and people are like, oh, do you want to be a CFO? And I'm like, hell no, I don't want to be a CFO. I don't no, you can say, hey, it's not China. a Disney channel. I'm like, no, I don't, you know, I'm like, I'm like, no, I don't want, like, I'm like, no, I don't want to be a CFO. Like I look at my CFOs that I work for and I'm like, their life looks terrible, miserable. Like they're never home. They never get to see their family. Like, yeah, they're making, you know, half a million dollars a year, but like, they're not enjoying that half a million dollars. And so for me, like, I'm just like, if I stay in the corporate, like, I'll just be like right below the CFO where like, I could make decent amount of money, but like also not have the responsibilities and terrible lifestyle that they do. Because what's the point of making all this money exactly. if you're not really enjoying it? And so for me, like, I reprioritize, I, I, I kind of, re when I, I feel like in my 20s, I had a very defined view of what I wanted my lifestyle and my career path to look like. And it was very much the American dream type of lifestyle, but <clears throat> I've kind of reprioritized kind of what I find valuable in life. And so for me, like owning a home is not something that I find valuable. And so for me, like I'd rather spend my money on experiences. So do I own a home today? No, but have I traveled the world? Yes. And so for me, like, that's more important than some of the physical things, like even like shopping or clothes or whatever it may be. Like for me, like I not not that I copied, who is it, the Steve Jobs or whatever, but like most of my clothes is like just plain. I don't do any logos because then that way, like, I don't have to like worry about like, oh, is that a Gucci or is that a whatever? Like, I'm just like, no, this is just like a T-shirt that I bought three years ago from like H&M or whatever it may be. So, like, for me, like, I don't spend money on physical things. Like, I don't need to. That's the other thing. Like, I don't feel the need to impress anyone else with physical things. Because most of the time, my friends that have, you know, the the designer, whatever, like, they get jealous that I get to just, like, up and, like, go for, like, a week somewhere. Like, if you follow me on social media, like, I'm always traveling. Like, that was the one thing that sucked about COVID is that, you know, that kind of limited to me. But, like, I was always on a plane. Like, for me, like, I always also look for jobs that have unlimited PTO or flexible What's PTO? PTO because Pay time off, right? That will allow Pay time to okay. Got to remember, man, never been off, in yeah. corporate. You know, I don't know <laughs> yeah. all these logos or yeah. lingos. <laughs> so, so, so a lot, of, so a lot of com a lot of companies are now doing the the unlimited, which that's another that's another kind of like you have to be careful with that because a lot of people when they work in in companies that do unlimited um, pay time off. Um, 
they actually take less time off because they don't have that they don't have that feeling of entitlement that they earned their two weeks. So actually research actually most companies are shifting to that model because their employees actually take less time off because when you let's say you know you work at a company where you get two weeks off like you you feel like you earn those two weeks off so you actually take them off but like when you work in an unlimited pay time off type of um, company like you feel guilty like oh am i taking more time off than my coworker? is it going to look bad that i'm you know requesting more than you know my coworker? is that going to prevent me from like getting the promotion or whatever like for me like i'm like you know what whatever you said it's unlimited i'm going to take as much as i need as long as i'm getting yeah. the work done there's no reason why you should have it. Yeah, and the other it. cool thing about like working remote and in terms of your house thing, um, if you can work remote, you can go wherever, you know, just move to a cheaper state, like a rich area in that cheaper state. And I guarantee you it'll be way cheaper than San Diego still and probably even nicer in terms of quality that you're going to get for your for your money. Or even like oh, I yeah. met like a, when I was in India uh, for a while, way back in the day, I met like a retired U S firefighter guy that was living off of there just with his pension. And I mean, three or $4,000, like us, mm -hmm. uh, USD in India per month. That's like super crazy money. You know, that's, I don't know what the, the equivalent mm -hmm. it is these days, but no, no, for sure. Like I'm actually, I'm actually, I know I'm actually looking at Texas right now as, as an option. <laughs> I'm not where you're in, you're in Austin. Bet no, between San Antonio and Austin. Austin. Okay, I, I'm looking more in the Houston area, um, just because I have friends there. But that's gotta watch out for the that, tornadoes, um, California. But I, again, I, I get yeah, <laughs> working remote. Like, I don't mind bringing my laptop and like checking my emails randomly when I'm on vacation. Like, if I know that I can't take three weeks off, but I want to have three weeks off, like, I yeah. working remote allows me to do that because I'll just bring my laptop. Especially like, you know, depending on where you are, the time difference will help you. Like if you're in a country where you're like ahead or, you know, you're in the East Coast, like I'm West Coast. If I'm the East Coast, you can like, be like I a time clock. hour like, you know? <laughs> start on, on, on everyone else. Yeah. So like for me, like I'll get up early, do all my work and then like enjoy whatever um, I'm, <clears throat> I'm trying to enjoy it there. So, so that there is that's definitely a benefit of working remote is that when I know that I can't take a very extensive period of time off because... I just have mm -hmm. a lot of actual work that needs to get done. Like, I'll still go on that trip, but I'll just work a little bit, um, you know, on hours where I'm not doing yeah. whatever on vacation. Yeah, like I'm going to go do. visit my parents for two weeks uh, starting on Sunday. And, um, well, I only work only like two days a week. So it's a little bit easier for me, but like I'm still going to take my calls, you know, client calls on Tuesdays and stuff of that sort. But I can still, you know, hang out with the parents and go over there. I don't have to be like locked down. Yeah. That's another huge advantage. And honestly, I think one of the biggest advantages of remote work, not only that time difference you get, you know, that extra, I mean, it varies. I had one client that I interviewed at one point who was driving three hours, one direction and three hours back every day. Yeah. I'm like, that is crazy, that, dude. And that, and that, and that, and that, and that you know, that's actually That would make you hate your you job, even if you liked it initially. Of... Just that drive was ridiculous, yeah. dude. And, 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 it, and it sucks. And I, and I think a lot of it, a lot of it is, from individuals who have families and unfortunately can't afford to live where they work because a lot Gotta of go the remote then, man. jobs also tend to be in, 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 in very in very high in very mm -hmm. high cost of living areas so i i actually i know a lot of people who commute even longer than three hours and i'm like dude like you're literally on the car all day you basically just go home yeah. to like sleep and shower 
but that's kind of their 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 reality so oh yeah i mean i, I i'm all for working remote like <clears throat> i don't think i will ever be able to go back to 100 percent office like i said i a lot of companies are doing hybrid where <clears throat> they do have an office that you can go into when you want to go into it and i think that's great because there's times where it's it's, it's just it's more efficient especially like if you if your type of job is like a team oriented type of job yeah sometimes it's just easier to go into the office and get it done rather than trying to like zoom and like hey i can't hear you or you're on mute or blah blah or someone has bad connection like that's that's <laughs> like literally like if there's a quote of 2020 is like you're on mute like that's like the running joke of like everyone's like you're on mute you're on mute um so yeah so i think there are some benefits to in office work but i think I think we should just kind of move to more of like a hybrid. A lot of companies are doing hybrid where they have an office. So if you want to go in, like you can go in and get work done. But otherwise, like, I think, or I think it's called remote first. Like they call it remote first where um, working remote is like the first priority. But if you want to go into the yeah. office, you do have. Well, I was going to say, at least what I heard from a lot of my clients, um, and I kind of feel the same way. I think one of the biggest, other biggest advantages of remote work is not having to deal with those little intricate social politics of impersonal work, you know, the different personalities, um, the little political games here and there, you know, uh, stuff of that sort, because that could be draining and extremely taxing on your health as well. I mean, most complaints I get from office workers is one, um, they don't feel appreciated. You know, they're just like another number and they could be let go any day and they're kind of, uh, you know, throwing a lot of work and, Two, um, social politics. Like, I don't think anyone genuinely likes dealing with that either. And three is kind of like an overbearing or kind of like a boss that doesn't have, that doesn't understand like nonviolent forms of communication, you know what I mean? And stuff of that sort. So I mean, yeah. that could be, for the most part, all of those can be like greatly mitigated, if not almost eliminated by going remote. I, I've noticed, so. Yeah. No, yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm all for remote work. I don't think I'll ever go back to like a 100% office environment. Like I will do um, um, a hybrid, but I don't think I'll do 100%. And even like, you know, the current job that I have now, when they offered me the role, we were negotiating the compensation and the role was originally intended for me to move back to LA. And I was like, well, you know, the cost of living in LA specifically Santa Monica, the office was in Santa Monica. This is a tech company and Santa Monica is now kind of the, or the, they call it like Silicon Beach. A lot of tech companies are up there. Uh, but I was like, well, if you want me to move up there, like I need some sort of cost of living adjustment to what I'm currently making now. Like I, if I'm making this now, this is my lifestyle. If you want me to move to LA, well, I'm going to move to Santa Monica because I'm not commuting more than like even that might still land you 40 minutes to work, <laughs> and so you <laughs> still might take you 40 minutes to get to work. Santa yeah, yeah. Monica's packed, well, man. Exactly, exactly. But I'm like, and Santa Monica, San Diego, Santa Monica's the cost of living is up here, and that's what really like that actually like changed their mind. They're like, you know what? Actually, I think what you <laughs> do you can do remote, and so like sometimes like 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 don't be don't be afraid to kind of like have those conversations because for me like i was very adamant i was like i am not leaving san diego like i like like san diego i like my kind of environment now if you want me to move to la pay me la dollars if not like i'll work remote i can do what i i was doing in my last company for two and a half years so if i did it in my last company i can do it here so i ended up like convincing them to like allow me to work remote 
mostly because yeah. they didn't want to pay me what I what I would have wanted them to pay me because that amount and it goes so back expensive. to you're just clear on your core values, you know, and you're willing to stand up for it. And guys, it's like so important to do that. Trust me, the, if you don't do that, you will have a life full of obesity, misery, and disease. First goal is to identify and be crystal clear yeah. about your core <clears throat> values. Second goal is don't allow the world to change who you are. You know, that's the main thing. The more you allow the world mm -hmm. to change who you are, if you prostitute yourself out for money and stuff of that sort, yeah. you will have a life full of obesity, misery, and, and disease. There's no question about it. And I'm, I'm very vocal. Like, no one, like, you, like, no one can shut me up. Like, I, 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 it doesn't matter who you are, what your rank is. You can be, you know, the president of the United States, and I will still, like, give you your truths if you there's something that I don't, I'm not vibing with. But like for me, like even at my last company that I was working terrible hours, like I, when I had to set those boundaries, like I told my boss who was the CFO, I was like, hey, can you please not schedule any meetings before 8 a.m.? And I was like, <clears throat> she's like, why? Like you always, and she asked me, she's like, you seem to be like up before 8 a.m. And I'm like, I understand that. But like, if we weren't in an office environment, would you schedule a meeting before 8 a.m.? Probably not, because no one gets into the office at 8 a.m., so why don't you respect that when I'm at home? Like, if you see me online, like, maybe I'm checking emails or maybe I'm doing other non-work-related things. So, like, for me, like, I told her right away, and she, like, <laughs> and at first she was, like, taken aback, but then, like, she actually respected the fact that I set that boundary. And even when I quit, you know, I had the convers I actually had the conversation, and I'm not telling everyone to do this. I just happened to have a really good relationship with my prior CFO, where I told her, I was like, hey, you know, it's been two and a half years of, you know, these 60 to 70 hour weeks working on the weekends. I was like, I just can't do it anymore. And so like, we had a conversation We're like, you know, and she told me, she's like, you know what? I understand that. And unfortunately, like this company, the way that it was, like you won't be able to have better hours. And so we mutually agreed that that role for me would not be a long-term role. And so she just told me, she was like, just whenever you find a job, just give me a six week notice. So for me, like me and her were on the same page where that job no longer was conducive to my lifestyle, my health. So I started that job at the 2020, January, 2020. So then COVID happened, lockdown happened. And so working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, wasn't a big issue because there was really nothing else to do. Right? Hey, Everyone I was, was out in the forest, man, mind, living life to the fullest. It makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then when, but then when the world started to, when the world started to open up, like, I'm like, Hey, like I'm, I'm still young. I'm still social. Like I still want to go on big, like I literally, I cashed out 240 hours of PTO because I wasn't, I didn't take a single day off in those two and a half years, because even when I did try to take time off, they would ping me and I would have to get things done. That's and why I have so, my phone off at all times. For me, when the world started- And I only turn it on occasionally yeah, during so the day, so when, you know? So when the, yeah. So when the world started to open up again, like I had the conversation, I was very unhappy because now my friends were starting to hang out and do things and I couldn't. Like literally on my birthday, on a Sunday, I had to jump on a board meeting. I tried to get, like, I literally, I'm like, it's my birthday and they're like, sorry, like this is, this is the only other time that higher people than me have availability. So I, as the low, lowest in the totem pole, had to accommodate to them. Uh, and so I, th I think that was, that was my, so that was December 5th of 2021. That was kind of my like, okay. So very, not too long ago, I was like, I was like, you know what? Like, this is not realistic for me. Like, I don't, I don't want this life. I'm very unhappy. So 
my birthday was December 5th, 2021 on a Sunday, that Monday, like I was like, I'm going to look for a new job. And I told her, and I had that conversation with my boss. I was like, you know what? Like, I don't think I can do this very long. Like, do you think things are going to get better? And she told me, she told me, she's like, I don't think things are going to get better anytime soon. And so I told her, well, you know, if that's the case, then I don't think this is the job for me. And so she was very receptive to it. I think, you know, you kind of have to have this kind of communication with whoever you're working with, obviously assess the, the type of energy and relationship that you have. But luckily, like I was in a situation where I can tell her that. And so I was able to find like a job like a week later, because obviously if, if anyone's looking for a job right now, everyone is hiring. Um, so I just did what she told me. I gave her her six week notice. She's very happy. You know, we still actually have a very good communication. And now I'm in a situation where, you know, it's a Friday. And I get to take, you know, time off to like join this chat and have this conversation with you where I would not have been able to do that at my last. Yeah. And job. always be respectful, you know, at the end of the day, even if even if your job, you perceived your job as treating you like unfairly or something like that. It's actually a good thing because they showed you what you don't want in life. And as Walensky would say, it's like you find out like who you're not by first finding or you find out who you are by first finding out who you are not. So thank this job, you know, thank that last relationship that mm -hmm. didn't work out because they showed you like what you don't want in the future. So you can be more crystal and clear and more kind of um, strategic about going into that next path in life and not be, yeah. you know, like in your 20s, your interests are like so broad, but then in your 30s, it gets in mm -hmm. simply because of that, you have to like thank these people like, oh, you know, thank Thank you for showing me that I don't want to be working 60 or 70 hours. So when I go to this new job, I'm going to make sure to write it down in my journal. So when they tempt me with more money, I'm not going to fall for it again because I don't want to be repeating mistakes mm -hmm. my whole entire life, which is so sad to see with a lot of people. Because like, for example, I think, with corporate yeah. work and my, some of my clients um, in the past, sometimes they would come in, they would already be super exhausted. We would get them back to health and then they would go on their own, you know, and um, two or three years goes by, they don't leave that environment, which is a, that environment that led to all those issues, which is a huge red flag. They even make it worse. They take that promotion, which shoots everything, in, which amplifies all of the issues they're already having. And then, you know, th four years later, they're sicker yeah. and more obese than ever before. And they're like, oh, what happened? I don't know what happened. I'm like, dude, come on. Yeah. So, so, so going back to that comment, so actually, you know, the one thing, I, fun fact, so... I think I think the statistics is ninety five percent of anyone who takes a counter offer will leave within a year because the reason why you wanted to leave the company in the first place is not the financial aspect it was something else so <clears throat> if you're leaving a company because you know they're not making you, they're not giving you enough or some other reason and you find another job and they try to give you another counter with more money and that's enticing like you may kind of want to reassess whether or not that's that's a good idea because most people, it's not the money. You're still going to remain unhappy and you're going to want to go back and look for another job. So I like for me, like counter offers, I'm always like, no, but I think, I think what everyone always forgets is that when you go on a job interview, it's not just them mm -hmm. interviewing you for the role. You should also be yeah. interviewing them to figure out if that's who you want to work for. Do they have the same values that you, that you, that you strive to, to have in a work environment um, is a person who you were reporting to someone that you're going to have a good relationship with that you're going to work well with. So for me, like I have actually, after I 
got off of an interview, like I'll email them and I thank them for their time. But I, I actually reject them where I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to explore other options. This wasn't the right fit for me. So I feel like nowadays, especially in today's environment where employees have kind of reclaimed that power. Obviously a lot of companies right now are struggling to hire employees because after COVID, you know, everyone is just trying to find for tech. All the companies are fighting for the talent. So the employees have kind of, reclaim that authority of like, hey, it's not just a one-way street, it's a two-way street. And so for me, like, I'm, I always interview other people. And so for me, even when I'm hiring people, I actually tell them the worst things about the job. And so when you're interviewing, they're not telling you what's bad about the job or what's terrible about the job or what people complain about, ask them. I always ask them, the last question that I always ask for an interview process because, you know, they always ask you, do you have any more questions at the very end? I actually always ask them, if you were to give me an offer, why should I say no to it? Like, I want to understand from them what's so bad about the company that someone getting offered a job shouldn't take it. And that's really when you get to know, like, okay, what am I really getting myself into? Because you really don't know until you actually start the job. So ask those questions. Ask those ugly questions. Like, make them feel uncomfortable. And, and if that's the reason why they don't hire you, then that's probably not the company that you want to work with. Yeah, anyway. so, um, true. I wanted to say something to kind of moreover enforce your point. Yeah, so here, look, you guys, I, I see this all the time. I even had a few people reach out to my group. Oh, you don't talk that much. Uh, you don't really talk that much about like working out and stuff like that. <clears throat> I'm like, dude, that's the least of your freaking worries. All the stuff that Jerry said right now, that's the gold. You need to master that as setting the foundation to actually being able to, if you don't master the stuff, all the stuff that Jerry went over, plus even more, dude, it doesn't matter what kind of workout program you're going to get on, what kind of nutrition program you're going to get on. Trust me, the best it's going to do for you is short-term, short-term BS and just kind of demoralize you long-term because you're going to find yourself always regaining your weight, all that this stuff is the stuff you need to focus on if you want lasting change. And I would argue, like, if you yeah. don't master this stuff, dude, you're just going to, you're going to be suffering your whole life. I don't even care what kind of template programs you buy, how many CrossFit classes you do, how many bullshit yeah. boot camp classes you do. You will not be doing well. And just because you lost weight, that doesn't mean anything. That's that literally doesn't mean anything. It doesn't say anything yeah. either because that's the le easiest part of the journey. I, like, like weight, weight, weight to me is so irrelative. Like, I hate when people ask me how much do you weigh because I literally tell them I'm like I don't know. Like, I maybe weigh myself two, three times a year because for me, like my measure of fitness is like how do I look in the mirror and how do I feel? Like, right? Like if 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 I look good in the mirror, then that's good enough for me because that's, that's what, that's kind of what I'm like for me, like weight is such like, I can weigh 180 and look really good, but I can also weigh 180 yeah. and not look very good. So for me, like weight is just so irrelative that I, I feel like we put so much pressure on the weight and don't get me wrong there, especially at the very beginning of fitness journeys is very good to track your weight because that's how you, that is a very good way to track, you know, your, your progression. But after some time, like really weight should not be, weight becomes irrelative because now you're talking about, you know, muscle versus fat density. So 
for me, like depending on where you are on your stage or I don't, maybe you're prepping for a competition. Yeah. But obviously if you're prepping for a competition, then tracking your weight, tracking your macros, all that stuff is very important. But for us normal people, we're like fitness is not our career and we just want to be healthy and look good. I think just simplicity is really important. Don't overcomplicate things. Don't, don't track every single, every single macro. Like just, if you, if you eat healthy, like you won't need to have to do those extreme things of tracking every single KPI out there uh, to, to, to get results. Just, it's very basic. Just eat healthy, be active and, the output will naturally just be that way. Like we're instinctively like evolved to be like, you know, hunters and gatherers. So we we're naturally like our bodies are made to be that way. It's just now we have all these processed foods and sugars that are not what our bodies are accustomed to that have led to where we are as a society from an unhealthy and obesity standpoint, but just kind of going back to the basics. <clears throat> I mean, that's why, you know, <clears throat> I hate the whole like, you know, keto or the, what do they call it? Like, uh, caveman or all those diets like the fad diets or not I mean the foundation of that is just kind of going back to the evolution of where we came from and what our body evolved to digest and process from that standpoint so like those if you're paying for any type of guidance in regards to that like you really are just paying for like a history book just go back and read what the osteopithecus or homo sapiens were like yeah almost like fine. literally <laughs> like 99 percent of the time when someone says they're on some kind of fad diet whether it's keto fasting paleo whatever it o almost tells me like they failed they're either going to fail or they're yeah. already failed or something like that because unfortunately they're looking for just what they've probably been doing forever looking for a simple solution for a complicated problem and most oftentimes they just don't yeah. want to do I, any of the stuff you just listed any of that stuff you know they don't want to set mm -hmm. healthy boundaries with their boss or they don't want to even work at identifying their core mm -hmm. values they don't want to set up a more conducive work environment uh most often just because of self-esteem issues you know they think it's impossible for them to do that and i'm sure i'm sure at one point you thought it was also like oh i can't talk back to my boss you know like what if i get fired or something like that especially on the younger years i know when i was finishing uc yeah mm -hmm. i know when i was finishing 100%. uci and i was telling my friends that hey i'm not gonna uh go the corporate route because i just want to work three days a week and i'm gonna be doing the personal training thing people were like oh what, what do you mean you know that's not how life is you know what i mean especially it was during that whole back end of the mortgage collapse thing too you know and um uh -huh. they're like no no don't do this and in the back of my head i'm like well maybe i am wrong maybe they do know something I don't know because why would, because a lot of them are pretty smart. Why would they all be going in that direction? And I'm going in a different direction, but I'm really yeah. glad I, I stuck it out and stuck to my core values, mainly because of how my grandma raised me on that off grid farm with those principles in mind. I think so. Uh, but if I didn't have that, if I didn't have that I, reference well, I, point, I, I would be like totally screwed for a long time. For sure. And I think, I think when you're, when you enjoy doing something and you're passionate about it, it doesn't matter what it is, you'll find a way yeah. to monetize on it. And so I would say the corporate route is a, a very safe route to go. But I think if you're passionate and really enjoy doing something, you'll figure out how to make money from it and how to like, um, live that life that fulfills you both from a financial standpoint and a non-financial standpoint, because even like fitness people, like, most of my friends make a lot more money than I do because 
fitness has now become a thing. And, you know, obviously with social media, that has enabled them to expand their outreach. And, you know, now they're not just limited to the people within their vicinity that can attend their gym. Now they can explore elsewhere. So, you know, people who like are afraid to go a non-traditional career path, I think shouldn't be, shouldn't be dis disheartened by the financial aspect of it because you'll end up figuring out some way to do it. So like for me, like I really enjoy cooking and like making food and I'm just waiting to figure out how I can like make money off of that so I can quit my job. Like I know that I don't want to be working the corporate route like my entire life. I just need to figure out how I want to like monetize on like food and cooking and that route because I always like I like to host dinners I host brunches I like I'm that person that always like and I never like buy food like I always like to make that for people because I enjoy the process of making the food um so for me like I'm just waiting to figure out how I can like monetize on that and then quit my job and then I'm even kind of like thinking of like you know how can I like overlap these so that I can kind of build up that income from my non-traditional route and then give the corporate I think business mentors are 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 the way to go. I know I had mine help me build the online thing. And without that, I don't think I would have, would have done it. I hired this guy named Dave Smith, forgot the name of his company, but he was like an online business coach for like fitness professionals. And uh, one of my, or two of my friends actually already hired him. So it was more reassuring because I saw them succeed really fast. So I hired him as well. And it really did help. Yeah. So a lot of times, um, just like you reached out to me for coaching, you know, at one point, I mean, if you get the right coach, it really yeah. does streamline and fasten the process for you, like make it very, very fast. Uh, because a lot of times just reading books, I mean, it's great, but it's, it's not going to be really good experience, you know, especially if that yeah. person can relate to you. So for sure. Well, you know what? I mean, I think for you, I mean, it's, it's weird. And I'm not even just saying this because I'm on this call with you. But you really have been kind of the lot, like I had many trainers prior to you, but you really were the trainer where I learned those like core values that set me up for success where like, I don't really feel like I need to like reach out to any other trainers. Like, like I, I came back to you and, you know, got a new program. Like I just kind of re get refresher programs from you. But at the end of the day, like everything that I learned from you, like I still put it into practice. Like I, I don't, I do the whole like what is it called oh, like, yeah. mind muscle mind body muscle connection or whatever. Like, I still do that. Like I'm not like if you see me at the gym, like I'm not lifting like super heavy. Like there's guys that are lifting like three, four times more than I am, but I look better than they do because they're not focusing on technique or they're just they're just what is it called chasing the pump. Like for me, like I'm actually like trying to like get the technique right, get the get the mind muscle connection going on to really get that. And like most of the time, like I'm a lot more sore lifting lower weights if i'm doing them properly than you know when i try to like lift super heavy or like try to like show off or whatever maybe so those things like that are things that i learned from you where like i still incorporate them like i still actually up until this new refresher program that you gave me i'm still i was still doing yeah. a push pull uh weekly combo thing that I learned from you, like from a, a a dietary standpoint i was still using your spreadsheet up until like now i actually like i I actually have the luxury of being able to to use a meal prep service where they do all that for me. Like I tell them, you know, what my uh, what my macros should be, and they just deliver them on a weekly basis. But prior to that, like I was still using your um, your program, and I think one of the things that I think a lot of people, especially for the diets, is that they're so afraid of carbs, and like they just want to do these very high protein diets, which are good, but they're not 
long-term sustainable, nor are they going to really give you the results. I feel like, and I, I, I emphasize this with all my friends all the time, because that's the, the biggest misconception is that carbs make you lose weight and I'm just like, or make you gain weight. And I'm like, no, like you need that for fuel. It needs to be part of your repertoire. Like that's what you need for energy. Like I'll be at the gym working out with a friend. They're like, oh, I'm so low on energy. And I'm like, well, what did you eat? They're like, well, I eat really healthy. I, you know, I eat salad and, you know, protein all day. And I'm like, well, where are your carbs? You know, you need that for fuel and energy. Like your body needs a good balance of everything. Like for you, like, you know, you gave me the 40% carbs, 40% protein, 10% um, uh, fat. Uh, ratio and I still use that and people are like like you eat carbs and you can still look healthy and I'm like you actually need yeah. carbs to look good. so just a so clarification not 10% fat than it was higher potato, than that yeah. but uh, yeah I gave you some kind of ratio yeah it was a it was a well, what, whatever, whatever, whatever the ratio 10% fat is pretty low but but it, but it, Usually, was, it yeah. was definitely yeah but it was def it was definitely like a hot it was the, it was the equal protein yeah. to yeah, uh, carbs equal, are carbs are super uh, important carb, and nothing to fear. Of course, there's a place in time. You got to know who you're dealing with. Uh, but I find like even like the keto or carnivore, it's hard to maintain your muscle mass on a very low carb diet. You know, uh -huh. uh, that muscle density is just you can see they look like very very depleted when they're on those when they're they're on those diets. You know, even a lot of the carnivore gurus, they're just yeah. very kind of small, depleted. Um, uh, It'll work short term. Anything could work short. A lot of things can work short term, but long term, it's probably not going to produce that appealing, crisp physique as well. You know, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel it when I when I when there's days where you know, let's say I was traveling, and so my, going back to your earlier comment, of when I travel, my default is just very high protein because that's just the easiest thing you're going to find meat and chicken or something else. But like, I noticed that like my 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 lifting strength is. So so much lower than when I get back on a cadence of eating a, a balanced diet of protein and carb, because when it's just pure protein, for some reason, I just, I don't have the strength that I do when I have yeah. a more balanced protein carb. Yeah. Um, the omnivore diet is the way to go where you have a balanced diet. Of course, the ratios of how you set up your macro is going to vary depending on, you know, the person you're dealing with, what their goals are, and it's going to change from goal to goal. You know, some weeks are very, very active and can need more carbs. Some weeks, you know, you took a week off, it was a deload week or something like that, then you might not need as many carbs, maybe higher fat, for example, yeah. and lower protein or something like that. I mean, there's so many myriad of yeah. variables, a myriad of ways you can do that in structure. Yeah. So. And, and, every, and, every, and everyone is, everyone is different. Based exactly. On That's why those, those fat diets, they don't amazing. work, man. So, so there's, there's, those fat there's diets right, remind me of, yeah. remember that book, yeah. Animal Farm? George Orwell? Mm-hmm. You're gonna be, you're gonna be, yeah. You're gonna be like miserable too. Like, why? Like, what's the point of like maybe looking good for like a month? Because inevitably, you're going to like go off. Trying the to rails. get, like, you're not yeah. gonna be able to sustain sustain that for for. They're a trying to find easy uh, solutions. So inevitably, like, what's the point? It's hard to do. It's hard, Jerry. It's hard <laughs> yeah, to what's, do. What's the what's the point? What's the point of exactly, being miserable? dude? I tell people that <laughs> also. So first it. of all, I will acknowledge. It is hard to do all that stuff you mentioned in terms of setting that foundation. It's not an overnight thing. It takes many uh, years of trial and error. We're not saying it's going to happen overnight. But look, your other only other solution is to stay miserable and full of obesity and disease. That's it. And that's not easy either. And that follows you 24-7 every single minute of the day. It impacts everyone around you. Um, that's, not, that's, that's not easy either. You know? So I'd say like, dude, your life mission should be to find out who you are and then make sure the world doesn't change you. 
you know uh, that's it that's that's the mission man and that yeah. used to be that yeah. used to be what psychology was all about finding out who you are but now psychology yeah. and i used to be so into it but now yeah. i kind of avoid academic psychology because it's been so industrialized it's like how can we yeah. you know solve your anxiety so you can work more hours how can we solve this so you can have more partners more 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 how could we do this so you can fit more into the matrix you know what i mean it's like become so industrialized it's like corny and cheesy that's why you rarely see anyone get better from yeah. from that shit so yeah yeah i mean I, I think at the end of the day just just assess what is going to make you happy um if whatever makes you happy doesn't entail a six pack then be okay with that like don't don't measure your happiness to the measurement of someone else's happiness or society's perception of what happiness should look like or what the ideal body should look like like for me like i actually i like looking bigger and so for me like i'm not cut all the time like if i'm going on and I, this is the other thing that i kind of learned from you like i kind of stay within that like you know, five to 10 pound range where like, if I do have something coming up that I want to like, maybe look a little extra cut for then I have like, you know, six to four week time period where I can prep for that. But I'm not going to maintain, you know, a six to 8% body fat percentage year round. That's, it's so hard. You're going to be miserable. Like for me, like I just, I try to eat healthy and by de like for me, by default, just eating healthy just puts me in the 10 to 12% body range where like, if I want to look extra good for something, like let's say I'm going to go on a beach vacation and I'm going to be like shirtless and I want to look good for that, then, may then maybe I'll like track my macros a little bit more or like, you know, make that little extra effort. But for me, like I, I, I have made my lifestyle be convenient for me because when I deter from convenience or when I have to do a little bit more work, then for me, like I'm putting myself in a situation where I may fail or I may just kind of be unhappy then why go through that and honestly like I would rather maybe be a little shy for the one week vacation because I don't have the six pack than being miserable for like months on end trying to prep for yeah. that one vacation or you just be like me and just not go on those vacations and stay at 15% all year round you know <laughs> and be at that happy medium <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 to, and to be quite honest like I feel like I feel like, like for me, like I'm single. And so like, I feel like a lot of the, the physical activity that I do is for, you know, the, the, the other, the interact, the social interaction with, you know, the potential mates, <laughs> Let's go there, potential mates. And so for me, like, I feel like even if I look good, but I'm just like mentally un unhappy or not there like that. I feel yeah, like of course. those vibes and energies and auras, like, like people can feel them. And like, I don't even like, get that much interaction with our individuals whereas like when i'm in a more healthy happy healthy state like i feel like that energy exudes and so like even if i don't have a six pack like i get like more gains. like i feel like when I, when i'm just like happy about myself even if i'm not at the top of my body game like I, that energy like comes out of me and other people feel it and like, like i end up getting more attention that way than i do when i'm just like miserable because I was starting myself and like blah 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 which I haven't done very I like I haven't been unmiserable in a very long time because I diverted for that like I reassess what finds me happy what, what brings me happiness with my lifestyle and I know my lifestyle does not have a six-pack I mean I have a, maybe a little four-pack but that's fine enough for me like that's good enough for me like 
that's good. That makes me happy. That's all that I need. I don't need to look like, you know, those instant people who like a 12 pack that are very unrealistic to be happy. I think a lot of people think that'll bring them happiness, but like it won't. Even if you actually like reach that point, to reach that point, you're doing so many things that are making you unhappy that it's like, why are you, why, why are you putting yourself through that to look that way if it's not bringing any joy or adding any yeah. value. To yeah, I mean, life. look at me, I don't have six packs and I own the six pack abs transformation group. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I mean, like, and, and things fluctuate, like there's, there's times where I'm just like, I don't know, uh, I, don't, I don't have as much time to go to the gym or to walk my dog. And so maybe I, I'll put on a couple pounds, but I'm like, it doesn't like, and that's the other thing that that's the other reason why I don't weigh myself is because there's so much um, volatility with weight, even throughout the day, you wake up, you weigh a certain weight, by the end of the day, you're probably like yeah. eight to 10 pounds heavier. So there's just so many factors to weight that that's why I don't make it part of, 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 of my lifestyle measurements of fitness success, because I know that there's so many volatilities, like I could be retaining water for a reason, one reason or another, maybe I had too much sodium, so I'm bloated. And so I may weigh more or whatever it may be. So I don't know, I just have kicked that boot. I don't even know where this. Well, one thing I started honest. doing with clients I wasn't doing with you because it's so many years ago is I actually just started focusing on their weekly average weight. So you would. Mm -hmm. oh, we were, we were doing back? that. Yeah. Okay. We were, we were doing that. And, and, and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that, and that was cool. And that was, I, but again, like, I just, yeah. I don't, I don't want to do like a daily measure. Like, for, like, like, but you know what I, but also like, I have reached a level of, of, of fitness yeah. where like, I, I don't need that. that yeah. Like for me, like I, like, so, so, so I'm at a point where like, if I gain one or two pounds, even five pounds, like it's not going to make me look terrible. Like I, I can take two weeks off, not work out, eat junk and probably still look the same. But I have yeah. reached that after many years of just kind of making this a habit and making it consistent where like I can go on a vacation and eat whatever I want or, you know, not work out. And I, and I know that when I get back, I won't be obese. Or even if I'm not as defined as when I first started, like I know that within a week, like I'll, I'll bounce. Like for me, like my body bounces back so quickly. Like I can go and I can today, I can eat like, you know, two large pizzas and I'll look like shit tomorrow probably i feel like shit tomorrow but like after a couple of days like my body will have processed that and my body will go back to its natural state of like i feel like i've now taught my body a new natural state where like it will just revert back to 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 that way but obviously like don't do it all the time like i would <laughs> i wouldn't do it all the time because then then you're teaching your body a different type of 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 um, yeah, although I must state. say, as a caveat for listeners here, so Jerry has reached a point of like being very consciously aware of what works and doesn't work for his body. So in the beginning, you have to be very mm -hmm. analytical and track a lot so you can reach that conscious awareness, which he did for probably many years to mm -hmm. do that, okay? Uh, because like, for example, with uh, keeping close track of your weight in the beginning, I think it's very important because it lets you reflect quickly on your decisions and how they impact your weight which could lead to more conscious awareness of, mm -hmm. hey, you know, if I do this, it works. If I do this, it doesn't work, you know? So maybe I should just do this on mm -hmm. copy and paste seven days a week since it's clearly working and this isn't working. Mm -hmm. Same thing with gut health or any gut or any issue in general. 
those detailed notes, you know, keeping those detailed tracks like, oh, I ate this and it made my gut hurt. Oh, I ate this and my gut felt fine. Okay, well, let's first analyze why is this food reactive to your digestive system? And of course, but let's eliminate it also mm -hmm. so you don't keep um, having those constant penalties and having to deal with those gut issues, et cetera, et cetera. It could work for anything like depression, anxiety, yeah. all that stuff. 100%. So, 100%. It took me. It took me a long yeah. time to get. But to intuitive fitness and eating is like, the way to go. Now, but like, it takes a while to get there. Uh -huh. so. It takes. It takes a long time because now, like, I'll wake up and if I'm feeling a certain way, like, I can look back at what I ate and then I, I'll pinpoint of like, oh, that's what that was. Like for me, like, like going back to we were talking mm -hmm. about earlier in the call, like dairy. Dairy for me is one of the things that my body just doesn't like. I'll get inflamed. Like I'll like the next day, like I'll just look pudgy and like swollen bloated so for me like dairy yes i mean that's probably a, a thing of um uh, being lactose intolerant but like for me like i know if i wake up and i look bloated and just inflamed my body just looks and feels inflamed like if i look back i'm like oh well i had that you know that ice cream or whatever it be. but but also like i know i'm like well let's just kind of like give it a couple days before i like allow my body to like have more dairy so that it kind of processes it out and like lets it get back to its normal healthy state but yeah no it, it took a long time before i can kind of realize what triggers my body and i think mm -hmm. everyone is different too um as far as what what their bodies just kind of don't yeah. react too well and so like for me like even like um like fish like fish just doesn't like vibe with me like it's not something that i like in my diet it just it never it makes me feel like i don't know it just doesn't make me feel great so i just kind of avoid it now but no it definitely took many many years to get to the point where I don't have to track things to that level. But again, if there's certain things where I know and I anticipate that I want to look a certain way for, so like, for example, summer, like for now, like I'm, I'm supposed to be like starting to like do a little bit more cardio to kind of like get to that more kind of um, cut, cut standpoint. But like, I know what it takes to get there without being extreme and I also plan ahead of it like I'm not the type of person who will be like at the gym two weeks before summer just kind of like on the treadmill or stair stepper for like two hours on end trying to like like that's yeah. not how the body works like if you if you had a if you had a life a, a lifelong lifestyle of being unhealthy two weeks before summer is not gonna do much so for me like I like I've just I maintain consistency so that when I do kind of want to up my ante a little yeah. bit, it doesn't take much. It just maybe means like, maybe I just need to do 20 minutes more on the, maybe I just need to get to the gym 20 minutes earlier and do like a little bit of cardio or whatever it be. But I think for me, I think, and that's what I kind of, going back to what things that I've learned from you is just kind of like keeping that consistency that when I do just kind of want to look a tad bit better, then there's little levers that I can pull to get to that point yeah. without being extreme, without like having to like, only eat a thousand calories a day so you can lose five pounds in two weeks like i like i like i now know all those calculations in my head where i'm like okay well if i want to lose you know four pounds and i never want to lose more than 10 pounds if you if, if you maintain a consistent kind of healthy lifestyle like you'll never have to lose more than 10 pounds and like for me like having to lose 10 pounds like baffles me like yeah. actually i want to gain 10 pounds i want to be like one <laughs> last that, 10 that, pounds are being issue. stubborn my damn issue, it my, my, you know my, my issue's getting bigger and, and for and for and, and i and i hate to say this because there's going to be a lot of people maybe that that watch it that you know struggle with losing weight but like gaining good weight is so hard it's so hard like my natural like weight is like 165 
Like if I just don't do anything. So like I have to work towards 180 and like, God, it took a long time. Like I'm going on like almost a decade now to try to like reset my body. So that like 180 is it's like default weight. And now like I'm trying to work towards the 190. Like literally the goal is 200. There's like, that I'm saying, Jerry, when you start like, trying to get arms, big, you're like forever small. You know, <laughs> like my, my arms are like nicely defined, but because I'm so yeah. tall, like they kind of look like lanky. Like I was just having this conversation with, um, I think you're uh, like my height, gym, right? Uh, like yesterday, I was like, God, like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, six, I remember. Six, I'm, I'm, really I don't know. I, again, I'm really, but, <clears throat> but like, I feel like 190 to 200 is like a good weight to be yeah. when you're that tall, because otherwise you're like me, where you like, you'll be defined and like, muscle you have nice vascularity but like you don't look you don't look like big like i look good naked but with clothes on well I you got to just walk around with like tank tops and so, like short shorts like me all the time then man yeah. <laughs> now you work remote but, so you can do it you but, know but, but, but gaining but gaining good but gaining good weight it's so it's it's so hard like i yes i can gain yeah. 10 pounds of fat that's easy but like the muscle like it's so it's so hard and it just requires consistency and like i know that and i'm yeah. just being very patient and like, like, I just like, I had to learn the patience because I think sometimes you expect it to be overnight. And even for me doing this, being healthy and fit for such a long time, like I still think and feel like I can do it overnight. But then like, when I don't get those results, it is a little bit like heart, heartbreaking because I'm just like, oh man, like I've been working out, like, why haven't I gained any weight? But I'm just like, you know what? Like, I just need to like, think about this long term, like, you know, just um, think about kind of the, the the process of it like even actually on social media i posted the other day they i like the way that the mass that i put on actually with your program that i did that i started in january like i like how much bigger my upper body's looking and so but right now i'm my i'm not as defined as i think i would like to be for summer and so like i posted i'm like that um i, I said something wrong i asked the question along the lines of like having to like decide whether or not to continue that growth progression or like lean down and most people were like no your your upper body is looking so much better bigger even though you're not as cut that like you should actually kind of love even my my friends who are in the fitness industry they're like you mm -hmm. should like continue that momentum that you have going on now and like you may not have that six pack this summer but like think about what you're going to look like next summer and you're going to have so much more mass that like it's just kind of a small investment right now for the future like growth which yeah and hard, everything that hard. jerry is talking about to you guys it's, it's basically only possible for the most part when you get that foundation right you know without that foundation i mean you're building a house on top of a shitty foundation the house is going to crumble eventually you know uh -huh. uh, and a lot of people try to do that and it doesn't work out it does short term from time to time you could get satisfactory results short term from time to time but if you don't get that foundation right, you don't identify your core values clearly and live true to them. Like, honestly, I really don't, I don't think there's any hope, hope for you. You could do good damage control. I see some people doing okay damage control, but that's all you're going to be doing your whole entire life. You'll just be on a cycle of, you know, the dam is cracking. You got to patch this up. Then it cracks here. Then you got to patch this up. Then you cracks here. And then eventually it's going to go, it's yeah. going to go anyways. And, like results speak for themselves. Don't believe me. Hey, it's the weekend. Uh, go outside anywhere in America. Nine out of 10 people you run into are full of obesity, misery, and disease. That doesn't happen just out of nowhere for no reason. And no, that is not normal. That is pathological, okay? It is not normal. 
And I know our society has normalized it, but it's not normal. And I don't think it should be acceptable either. So, so yeah. Jerry, do you I have any, any closing statements or anything? I didn't think this was going to stretch out to two hours. Thought I was going to be 40 minutes. You know? <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize we we're going to have so much to talk about. <laughs> well, like, it was good to catch I up. I wanted to catch up with you anyways. I haven't seen like, you in forever, so. I was, I was, I was actually, I, I literally actually let that railing back there yesterday. Actually, like, I'm super sore today. Like, I didn't even go to the gym yesterday, but I, there was a railing there that I, like, manly, like, just, like, pulled apart. So before this call, I was just, like, working on that but like you know i find other non-gym things to like actually like stay fit like it doesn't always just have to be in the gym to be fit like you can stay active other ways and then think about what makes you happy and then incorporate that into your life and then just go with it i mean i think that's what's cool. gotten me through it so far cool. well thanks man it's been honestly cool. it's been good to see you and good to catch up overall I'm glad you're able to do it on this on this facebook live have the guts to get on the live cool. a lot of people don't have that, but yeah. that's cool. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. So thanks for everyone that jumped in as well. And um, have a good weekend. Thank you, for always, uh, thank you for always jumping in. And good to see everyone, okay? Take care, guys. See ya. Take Bye. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you've ever had trouble losing weight, or you've lost weight, but still didn't have the ideal body or health you're aiming for, please feel free to reach out anytime and book an assessment. Eugene will work with you to cover your goals in detail, see what's holding you back, and go from there. In the meantime, feel free to check out the countless testimonials on Eugene's website in the link below. In the testimonial section you'll notice everyone has various backgrounds, are of all different ages, and all have had different challenges in their life, but they all have one thing in common, they were all able to find their health and achieve their ideal body. You're also welcome to add yourself to the Facebook group in the link below. There you'll have access to the live videos that Eugene does weekly on Sundays and other helpful content. Thank you again for tuning in.